ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co Optional Podcast. Negative, negative four, negative five. Why? Negative <laughs> <laughs> Could you explain why? <laughs> so you're counting it's down. Just likes like, to ladies ruin and gentlemen, everything. we're going live in five, four, three. Ooh, so I was like, well, I am not? so Go. sorry for doing that for your convenience, Crendo. I am aware that you are. Now I don't have to worry about being the one who ruins the show today. Hooray! Oh, yeah. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> That's my job. We, we brought Crendo back. Yeah, uh, Jesse isn't here. He's actually not here for quite some time, so. We replaced him with Crendor, which, as it turns out, immediately was a mistake. But <laughs> never mind. We'll do as we will. I've, uh, I've, uh, we've also changed the overlay. This was an, an accident. So based on feedback that we got from the Co-Optional Lounge, which is our board game and bullshit show that we do every Friday and or Sunday whenever we want to, uh, people were saying, well, the, the, uh, the overlay takes up too much space. I'm like, I said in a drunken haze or whatever to uh, my graphic designer, I, I need you to change the Co-Optional overlay. It's too big. Takes up too much space. So he did for the Co-Optional Podcast. And I was like, I actually didn't want that at all. But I feel bad if we don't use it. So we're using... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, yeah. it's less wasted space. And you get to see our low-resolution cameras blown up even larger. Which is wonderful. It's absolutely yeah. wonderful. Wow. So, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. Jesse's gone this week. Crendor's replacing him. And our guest this week goes by the name of Laura Kay, who happens to be, amongst many other things, a co-host for the Jimquisition Podcast. So, <coughs> sorry, every time I think of Jim, I have a little fluttering <laughs> and the urge to just cough up a furball. I don't know why that is. But, uh, hey, Laura, why don't you tell us everything else you do? Because you're on, like, 5,000 podcasts at least and all oh. sorts of other things. Yeah, I think as of today, it's like nine podcasts a Jesus week I do Christ. now because, God damn it, I do too many things. So, yeah, my name's Laura. I write about games on the internet, sometimes seriously. Sometimes it's like I'll write for The Guardian about, like, Peter Molyneux and all these yes. serious things. Half the time, I sit on Destructoid and I make videos about butts of video game characters. So, woo, that is Yay. the wonderful dichotomy of what I do. Podcast-wise, probably best-known thing I do is um, I'm on the Jimquisition podcast, the Podquisition. I also, as of today, am on the revival of Podtoid, which is the Destructoid oh, podcast. Oh, wow, that's actually but, coming back. Yeah, that came back today. We had our first episode, and nobody likes it because it's very different. Because it's so. not the same thing at all. <laughs> yeah, who's on, who's on that, anyway? Uh, it's me, Kyle McGregor. Uh, Brittany Vincent's going to be on it, and then we're kind of rotating some people in for a few episodes, so... We're trying to work out what we can do with it that isn't going to get hated by everyone. So, yay. Well, Ooh, good luck with that. Is it different to the first one? Yes, then people will hate it. There's mm. also the, uh, so, no, ah, so we have a cat. Um, <laughs> it's oh. now on my head. Um, is that Loki? That is Loki, yes. Uh, <laughs> this is a bad position for the cat to be. Uh, but it, it seems to be okay. <laughs> It's one of the two kittens we got at the weekend. Hello. Hi. You, d you don't really like being held, do you? But, you know, you, d you do like being petted on the head, but he really does not like being held. <laughs> ow, ow, goddamn. Ow. <laughs> ow. <laughs> my chest. My beautiful chest. Yeah, so he's 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 a very he's a very happy and ex exploratory kind of cat, but he's not oh, he's not keen on being held at all. Like he 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 doesn't like it. No, he, he does not, and this is not helping matters. That. Okay, yeah, that go on, go and put him really down. Too. He's clearly not happy. Uh, but yes, he's, uh... embrace non-content to the full extent. 
Yes, the, the missus has been making videos of the cats for the last three days that seem to be to be doing fairly well. The other one, we adopted a second one, as we mentioned. Uh, wasn't wasn't really intentional, but she was basically unadoptable because she has, I think, what's called a, a flat-chested kitten syndrome, uh, which unfortunately... Um, it's a and, rib problem, right? Yes. I mean, there's two unfortunate things with it. One, that it's it's a rib problem that can potentially be fatal. It causes growth disability, basically. It can clean up, and with the right treatment, it can actually be okay. But it does make the cat unadoptable. The second problem is the acronym for that is FUCKS, which is <laughs> not the best thing. <laughs> but she's very small, very small. Like, her head is, like, way too large for her body. But um, she was unadoptable as a result of that. So it was like, well, okay, we'll take her because we have her litter mate. So, you know, it makes sense. So that she's oh, she's scared of everything, absolutely everything. But she's getting over it. So How many yes. animals do you very sad. Six. Uh, we have you know the, the thing is two of them are chinchillas. They don't really do anything. So <laughs> we we have chinchillas. We have two dogs and two cats, which is actually less than I had growing up. We had ten animals growing up: two rabbits, two oh, wow. hamsters, four cats, and two dogs. Uh, I don't know why. I'm, yeah, more than that, but that's because I had a farm. Okay, <laughs> <a little> well, <laughs> yeah, that helps you win. I think. Yeah. yeah, I'm very sad. I'm 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 house sitting at the moment, so I've had to leave my cat behind. So oh. my cat latte is not here today, and I'm very sad. I'm going to be away for 10 days and not get to have any kitten cuddles. Not oh. ideal. Oh. Yeah. I don't Currently, ours don't is. really do kitten cuddles. They tend to just maul us, but we're getting there. You know, we've Ask, ask do kitten cuddles if you force them. Ah, okay. If you force them, they'll do kitten cuddles. Yeah. <laughs> Much of that really counts as a cuddle at that point, I've got to say, but whatever works. It's a reluctant cuddle, I'll give you that, but it's a cuddle none the same. They will stay there, you just have to, when they try and leave, you pick them up and put them back. Cat and you don't let them take no for an answer about the cuddlers. I like, know you're staying here and you're being cuddled. Yes, that's how it's yeah, going to be. My cats sometimes really, really want to be cuddled, but if I move at all, like, they'll, they'll get into their perfect <laughs> position, they'll lay down on me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting, and the second I shift, they're like, no, I'm out of here. <laughs> I just leave. And I'm like, my cat Bye. only does it on, like, his terms. He's like, now is when I would like to participate page in the cuddling and then otherwise he's just like let go of me yeah, my cat off. used I'm... to like cuddles yeah, my cat used to like cuddles if she could be front paws on one shoulder back paws on the other and just sort of basically being a scarf that's cute and that's how she liked to spend her day she just kind of curl up on my on my around my neck and it yes. was lovely indeed i would say so well welcome to the corruptional podcast we talk about cats yes. sometimes but also we have been known to talk about video games and we will be doing that for the next couple of hours of the show. We'll be talking about the games that we have been playing this week. We have a wide selection, some obscure, some not so much. And for the last hour of the show, we'll be talking about the news of which there is absolutely fucking none. I mean, it's a lot like the last year. Yeah, I mean, no news is good news, I suppose. <laughs> but, you know... I mean, I guess we could end, we're going to end up talking about TwitchCon, aren't we? That's how it's going to end. That, oh. I was so gonna... disappointed over that. They're like, here comes the big announcement. Big announcement. Oh, you're doing <laughs> that. Okay. I, mean, the, I suppose, did none of us have been, have any of you been to VidCon? Because I have not. I've been no. to a VidCon. You've been to a VidCon. How, how was VidCon for you, Dodge? Like, do you, do you think that if you were to transfer, uh, I suppose, just make a copy of VidCon for Twitch, that that would be in any way worthwhile? So VidCon is weird because VidCon, they claim, is for all YouTubers, yeah. right? But it's really only for vloggers. It's tweens who are really, really excited about their vloggers. 
and they will stand in line for hours to meet Charlie is so cool like holy shit and uh, that's I mean that's about it everybody who's tried to have some sort of a, a gaming presence there hasn't done very well with I it I thought Markiplier did okay but he, he essentially with his audience is basically tween girls as well right Yes, his audience yeah. is also tween girls. So. Yeah. Cry could probably <laughs> so get away helps. with it. Although I'm pretty sure Cry's audience is 55-year-old women. Yeah, people, yeah, people still don't know what Cry, Cry looks like either. So. No, no, he he never actually shows his face on camera. That is true. But uh, yeah, so I know he, he has a 45% female demographic, which is very high amongst gamers. And yeah. I think it's mostly because he does readings in a very, very sultry voice. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the ladies are like, I want to I wanna, I wanna lick that voice. I love yeah. it. Now he's mysterious. Like, nobody yeah. knows what he looks like. So they're just like, what's yeah. he look like? I bet he's so attractive. Dude, one by one, all, all of the really popular dudes who are voice only are starting to show their face. And I just want Cry to literally never show his face. I want him to go down without ever having shown his face. It would be amazing. There's a, there's a movie out at the moment in which this guitarist refuses to do, uh, like go out without this giant fake head on. I imagine that's Cry like the entire way through. I can't remember the like name of Dead it. Mouse. Was it Frank? Frank? I think it is Frank. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. Think, yeah. There's it is a movie just about that, which I'm tempted to watch because it seems like huh. it could be amusing. I should have um, just always worn the dead mouse head. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What I should have done. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, I feel, I don't know. I'm not excited about TwitchCon because there are already so many conventions. There are so many. I mean, like, yeah. it keeps me from being really jazzed about it. But I, I do think it could wind up being sort of a a alternative to VidCon and that a lot of people who get really big on Twitch are because they have a combination of sort of that that vloggy aspect and also gaming, you know? So yeah. I don't know. But I mean, like are they gonna have games there? Well like, I assume gonna... so. I mean, I mean they'll have they're... games. They'll just be hands off. Yeah, which... we can watch other people play them. <laughs> which yeah, we yeah. could just do yeah. from home on Twitch. The problem with TwitchCon yeah. is most people are gonna watch it on Twitch. Like <laughs> Yeah. I, it's yeah. I, for me, conventions always have to have something going along with them. I mean, when I attend a convention, it's usually because I've got a gig there, like, or I'm being paid to speak there or whatever. And it was like a Game Vid Expo that I went to in Atlanta was a nice kind of medium-sized convention that was focused on people that made videos about games. And it was well attended, especially for the first one. I think it helped that the uh, Smite tournament was in town at the time, so I think people, like, went to both. But it was a nice little event, and we did some panels, and we, we were hopefully able to be informative. I have to wonder how many panels you could do at a TwitchCon that's not just, hey, here's me, Q&A. Which is right. what a lot of the laziest or like how to get big on Twitch. Oh, the how to get big on Twitch thing will always happen, yeah. which which I is think... never like right because you can't give that advice to ten thousand people and expect <laughs> them to all be able to get big on Twitch. Like there is a limit to the number of people you can watch. But I think yeah. it's going to be sort of a weird combo of of VidCon and sort of BlizzCon. Because BlizzCon is just mostly one company and then adjacent companies, you know? Mm. So I feel like TwitchCon is going to be a lot of Twitch stuff. And then also NVIDIA and, like, Sponsors. webcam companies. Yeah. And, like, like, people who affect like, streamers. Lots of big announcements and, like, games to yeah. play. And, BlizzCon like, last year was probably the best show they've done. I mean, they had, what, three yeah. major tournaments going on. They had the World Championship Series for StarCraft, which was packed out and had its own arena. They had Overwatch. Yeah, they had yeah, Overwatch as a big announcement that was playable at the event. You had Heroes that was playable at the event, Hearthstone's, like, new expansion that was playable at the event, and a Hearthstone tournament, and a WoW tournament, and all of the panels. 
Like it got to the point yeah. where BlizzCon's actually good now versus what it used to be, which was kind of yeah. rubbish. I mean, I went to the first BlizzCon and it wasn't great. Like it was a lot smaller than it is now, but unless you really wanted to watch Brood War or Warcraft 3, there was actually no reason to be there really. Like it, <laughs> it just wasn't a big deal. Um, but yeah. I don't know about TwitchCon. Like I said, I think if I want to go either. to a convention as a punter, I don't want to go just to stand in line for some Twitch guy's autograph. And yeah, I get the meet and greet aspect. Obviously, we do it every convention we do. But when I want to go to a con, I want to know that there's going to be things to do there for me. And I don't yeah. know if I'm, there will. All I'm picturing for this is you're going to get Twitch streamers that it's like, okay, I'm going to Twitch stream, stream me playing a game from the convention. If you're here at the convention, you can scream at the beginning and people will know you were there on the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stream. Yeah. And I that's about it. That. Yeah, that's, if and it's that, run anything... It's run anything like the Twitch parties. It'll be very mediocre. Yeah. Because uh, those Twitch, Twitch parties, parties are off and on okay. They, Some Twitch parties are super weird and you, you think gotta you roll might the dice on a Twitch party, ones, man. They're, they're yeah. not that great most of the time. They, just, <laughs> they manage them so, like, there's people that are like, hey, am I on the list? And they're like, yeah, let me check. And they're like, no, you're not. And they're just like, I'm a big streamer that's like number 10 on Twitch. And they're just like, eh, I don't know about that. And then a bunch it's of like, random people end up in the party just harassing people. Yeah, which, exactly. That's what a, that's what a lot of those... Uh, we, we don't spend a lot of time at the Twitch parties because they'll let the punters in and then it's just they'll kind of go around sort of pestering people who obviously kind of want to be left alone. And then we're just like, screw it, we're out of here. You know? And the yeah. open bar lasts 20 minutes every single time. Like, it's it's gone. Do we know how many yeah. days long TwitchCon's going to be? How many days of content they're trying two. to fill? It better not be any longer it's than two. It's the 25th and 26th, right? Yeah, so it's two. That two is about okay. the right length. That yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to... I mean, I think they'll probably fill it enough people will turn up, but hmm. I just don't know if it's going to be in any way interesting. And on... They just need a ball pit. <laughs> yeah, they need a ball <laughs> pit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> I, I I can't go back into that. That's just I read about Dashcon and it makes me. I very just want sad another Dashcon so bad. No, <laughs> so bad. Like I feel bad about all the people that got scammed at that event. You For know? sure, they really did. Like those, uh, uh, it's just like conventions about everything. As you mentioned earlier, there are so many conventions, and a lot of them are run by people that don't know what they're doing. Mm. And I trust Twitch not to mess it up. They've done live events before. They've helped out a lot with uh, fighting game events. The recently Apex, they saved Apex basically, so they can, they know what they're doing. And hell, if the gun run still works for them, they can get anything done. Really, it's true. Yeah. He's an expert. I don't think it'll be bad. I just think yeah. it's kind of like not really necessary. I I have no doubt that they will make it an event that the people who are excited about it will be very happy having gone to, and yes. that's all they really need. I do have yeah. to wonder yep. what's going to happen if Twitch chat shows up in at the TwitchCon. I, I wonder, <laughs> I, I'm going to be you honest. Been to like, the uh, the H1Z1 pregame lobby because it'll oh be a lot like that. God, I I've, <laughs> I've said it thousands of times before. I've been to a lot of events, a lot of conventions, and I have never met a person that acts badly like at any of those events. Never, and I've met yeah. thousands of people. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, Twitch chat is is a different beast entirely, and you could talk for hours about Twitch chat. It's like, oh, it's the most horrible place in the universe. It's like, yes, it is, but simultaneously, people don't act that way in real life, and the yeah. kind of people yeah. that would don't show up to conventions. So I, I'm not too worried about it, but I, I just don't know if it's even going to be worth anyone's time. Frankly, I don't even know if I'm going to go. They'll probably want me to, but I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. 
Eh. Maybe like next year after you know what's going to happen. Give them time to figure something out. Like yeah. if they do next year and it's yeah. like, hey, we're going to do a big tournament there that's worth watching. It's like, oh, okay. That's but, what I was thinking about that actually. They're like if they turned it into something more kind of a multi focused, it might be interesting. Thing. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. esports is a major part of Twitch, so it would make yeah. sense to do that. But no, I mean, I'm looking forward to going to Dragon Con. Obviously, we're going, and the plan is we're going to do co-optional live from Dragon Con. So, and that's a, that's just a great event because we get to go do our panel, and then what I want to do is just play board games with people for three days and have a good time. Yeah, and uh, you know I, that's what I hope most people are doing at Dragon Con. There's a, there's a great video if you haven't watched it. Watch it after the show. Obviously, it's by Super Bunny Hop, and he did what I think he said like why Dragon Con is better than video games, and it's really great. Like it's a great video, just kind of like hey, we're celebrating what it means to be kind of a cool nerdy person. That's what Dragon Con is in a nutshell, and that's how, how I hope it stays. Anyway, let's talk about the games that we've been playing this week. Uh, Laura, why don't you start us off with The Order, since you're the only person that's played it. I watched a lot of it, uh, but tell us about The Order 1886. Right, so a lot of people have been talking about The Order 1886 and talking about length of that game. Yes. I'm just going to say, I don't think length of that game is its biggest problem. I don't okay. think like the time it takes to get from start to end is the problem. I think the problem is that it takes all the interesting stuff that game does and it wedges it in the last half hour and then tells you to buy a sequel. Like wow. that is the whole thing that the order is. It's like, hey, it's this really nice looking game. It's it's it reminds me a lot of Gears of War when it first came out. It's mm-hmm. this is the game you show your friends to say, this is a really shiny, powerful new next gen console. Yes. This is your amazing game. Look at how shiny my console is. Mm-hmm. There's not really much interesting going on through a lot of that game, besides it looking nice, until you get to the end and then suddenly it starts putting down these fairly interesting narrative threads and telling you, yeah, we're not going to finish those narrative threads. Get excited for the sequel. Ah! That is and that's oh, the order. Man, that's shitty. <laughs> that is a horrible yeah. thing to do with an original IP. I feel like you don't want to start off your series on the wrong foot, and it seems like 1886. It was, it, it all the way that it was received by the press. I think was fair, completely fair. Mm. But simultaneously, it seemed like it, it was it was going to be the game where press were just like so pissed off. It's like right, this is the one. This is the target. This is the one we're going to crap on from a great height. <laughs> And I don't think they were wrong at all. You know, for, I, I watched Co Carnage play about four hours of that game. I have no interest in playing it myself. There were some mm-hmm. funny moments where he ran into the brothel, and there was uh, there was hanky panky going on at the time. Many butts were on display. There was a boob hanging out, and the uh, the uh, the lady of the brothels like, uh, oh hello, just in the broadest London oh. accent ever. And then you see the the most realistic donger that you've ever seen. <laughs> Just flapping I'm about. So happy that, I'm so happy that video games have finally got to the point where we can have dongs just, that's a thing. We, just out. Yeah, uh, it's, just right there. So it, yeah. so, so it was someone's time. job. Someone's yeah. job yeah. to Film, render that dong. Films have known for a few years now that dongs are hilarious and yes. video games are finally getting in on the action and I'm so excited. <laughs> Absolutely. There's nothing more hilarious than watching an actor's uh, dong just flapping around the place. I wonder if there's actually any, like, dong physics involved in that, or if it was all pre-rendered dong. I mean, oh, I God, we're going to just, like, start from the beginning, like how boob physics used to be so wrong. And now it's we're dong physics. Start with, like, we already really have dong physics. Dong Mount physics. your friends has some high-quality dong physics Mount going on. Mount your friends on. has oh. some great dong physics. <laughs> it does. If, 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 very, very realistic. 
<laughs> if I ever get a chance to interview anyone that worked on the order, my first question is, okay, dongs, pre-rendered or in engine? Yeah, it's you like, need to know. Havoc <laughs> physics engine, does it apply to the dong? Every time we watch be... the dong, does it move in a different way? We need to know this. Yeah. Did they mo like, that yeah, dong? Like, Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> that should be your thing when it puts the little quotes like below the game. Like It'll be like, order 1886, total biscuit. Are there dong physics? How good are they? <laughs> Did they mo-cap that dong? We need to know. <laughs> Did they put the little white spot on it and just have it flap around a bit? Or do they have to do retakes? I, I, oh, no. I mean, I'll give him credit for that. It's like, hey, it, why, you know, it's a brothel scene. Why wouldn't we see both penis and mm -hmm. boob, you know? It's true. Because it's, this is video games and you don't usually see the dong. No, the apparently dong is, we don't is, see the is dong. It's an elusive figure. It is, it <laughs> is indeed. The hidden <laughs> donger is the deadliest, everyone knows. Mm. Now, mm. weird side note, I did in video games like a couple of weeks ago. I'm I glad that you play... went weird side note off that conversation. <laughs> it's like, I like where no, this is well, going. That's... <laughs> okay, the weird side note is I had to go back and go through the original Metal Gear Solid, the scene where Raiden's naked and mm -hmm. had to do a lot of camera manipulation and work out, okay, is there definitely no dong under those hands? Fair that enough. was the thing I had to do for work because, yeah, my job's great. Hey, Raiden <laughs> is uh, a fine figure for many female gamers. And in uh, Metal Gear Rising, you know, that's um, that is a tight ass. That's all I'm saying. Yep. It, is, it is a spectacular ass. There you go. He does, uh, he does have a wonderful ass. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 order, the order is not terrible. Like, I will say it's good at what it does. Like, the shooting controls are all good. It feels responsive to play. It is not a bad shooter. It's just, it it's doesn't ever either. really impressed. Yeah, it's just kind of acceptable in a lot of regards. Very good looking. Why did you leave all the interesting stuff till right at the end? Yes, that's that sounds about mm. right. What disappointed me a lot about it was the arsenal. Like, I expected, from what I'd seen, because they deliberately only showed the cool stuff in the trailers, like, mm. wow, this is great. This is an old history setting, which I love. I'm berserk for old history. And they're going to have all sorts of great, interesting weapons. Turns out they've got basically two. One is the um, the art gun, which is the lightning gun. And the other one is the one that shoots kind of a, a, a puff of something. And then you ignite it. And it explodes. And everything else is a pistol, a shotgun, an SMG, a machine gun, a rifle, a... This is boring. Like... Could we have a blunderbuss? Like some kind of arcane blunderbuss? And why do we have enough blunderbusses in games? There just aren't enough. What a <laughs> great weapon. Not enough dongs and not enough blunderbusses. <laughs> you could stick anything in a blunderbuss. It's hilarious. Yeah. You literally shove it full of random crap and fire it in the general direction of the target. And it can't miss. It's wonderful. <laughs> but everything else... Uh. Oh, man. Yeah, and some of the things you do in that game are weirdly tonally inconsistent. Like, there is very little electricity, but what electricity there is, you're going to use for hacking minigames because this is what? a video game. <laughs> yeah, there are there are hacking minigames. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, video games, for oh, that. <laughs> and yeah. cutscenes, cutscenes, cutscenes. 2.5 hours of cutscenes, oh, I believe, is it? Oh, God. Have you seen the strategy guide for the order? Yes, it's it, hilarious. It talks you through how to do quick time events. It shows you a little press still. Press triangle. Like, okay, yeah, when this quick time <laughs> event comes up, that. press triangle. It's oh, just... The, the, amazing. the strategy guide might as well just say, sit back and watch the film. I did on Co Carnage's stream, and um, it's, it was pretty funny because we all laughed at the dong, and that was about it. 
Oh, oh dear. Uh, oh god. Yeah, the order. The order is disappointing. I. Yes. I wish it had been something more than it was. It is the PlayStation 4's rise, I think, in many ways. You know, a visual showpiece that doesn't have a, a complex combat system that's really just is kind of lacking in everything. It's too short. It doesn't have enough replayability. It's got no replayability. You know, I'll give it to Rise. At least they had that kind of co-op mode that you could level your character up in, but not that you'd want to, because the combat system in Rise is literally two buttons and has no depth of any description, but... Oh, my. That's unfortunate. Well, well, while we're talking about, like, dongs and butt physics, I have other games yes. to bring up, okay. because I've I've had a good week for, for dong and butt games. Um, <laughs> I, I've been playing a genuinely interesting game about spanking, like, partially clothed men this week called okay. Hermie Plenty. Interesting. And that seems yeah. like a contrast to Criminal Girls that Dodger was yeah, playing, I was which is about spanking say, women. Was it Criminal Girls? And then so, you said spanking men, and I went, okay. yeah, go no, on. It's, it's a surprisingly interesting game. It's a game called Hurt Me Plenty. All right. And in this game, you, you meet a partially clothed man just in his underwear with his nice bulging package, you know, visible in the front. Oh, and you shake hands with him. This. Oh, and my. Yeah, you, you agree to a nice BDSM situation. So you're okay. like, okay, I will spank you this much. These are your safe words, blah, blah, blah. And. You then go about spanking the man. And there are fantastic, wonderful jiggle physics. You just sort of move your mouse left and right to spank the ass. And where this actually got really interesting as a game is I did this consensually a few times and played through it. And then I ignored his rules. And I did it again and I just completely ignored his safe word repeatedly and spank, 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 spank away, being really horrible to him. And afterwards, I start rubbing his back to be sort of like all comforting. And the game locks me out for 12 days. 12, 12 real life what, days. Really? 12 real life days. I got locked out of that game because like, you're rubbing shit. his back, having a conversation about what's happened. He's like, no, you broke my fucking consent. You, you didn't listen when I said my safe words. I don't trust you. You're locked out for 12 days. Caress tenderly to help unpack feelings. Yeah. I, that is kind of amazing, though. Yeah, for 12 real life days. I have been like, I'll open it a few times. I've tried like completely deleting it from my computer and reinstalling it. Nope, can't get around it. I am locked out of it because I spanked that man too hard and he wasn't happy. And now I can't spank him for a while. So is it <laughs> is it literally a game in which they are they're trying to promote uh, safe BDSM values? Like, do you think that's an actual like part of the game, or did they just make it this way because? Well, no, as far as I can tell, like, this guy makes a lot of games that are very suggestive about things. Like, he made one of the other games I played this week, but he, yeah, the guy who made it seems to have wanted to teach about safe BDSM, and okay. it seemed a relevant thing to play with the terrible, horrific Fifty Shades of Grey oh, coming out this week. yes. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. Which, we have debated that enough, yes. Mm. Yeah, so that, yeah, it it's a really interesting thing. Like, I go onto that game, and it just keeps telling me, no, you violated his consent. For the next X number of days, he's not going to trust you to come back into a BDSM situation with him. Sounds and I can't. I, I couldn't play it for twelve days. Yeah, that's. I think that, that's kind of yeah. cool. It I kind of cool. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it and if you you know if you follow the rules, you can look at a jiggling man butt all you like, which you know there are worse things. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. That was a thing I played. I this like week, how chat's trying was... to figure out how to bypass the twelve-day thing. That's not the point, guys. <laughs> Maybe we get a new IP. It's like if oh, you delete this registry other. entry, you can resume the spank. Come on. That's that's not the point, though, guys. Is it? Yeah. The point is that I did the wrong thing, and now I have to li I have to be punished by not that. getting to see Jiggly Man Butt. Yes. Which is very sad. I know. So it's hurt hurt me plenty, which I. 
Yeah, I kind of love that. Even if it's sort of a one note, one note experience. Well, I yes. I mean, it, it obviously has a very specific point that it would like to put across, which is fine. You can use games to do that. I mean, as long yeah, as yeah, video games. Ooh. Yeah, as long as you don't, you know, <laughs> charge a bunch of money for them and then claim they're something they're not. You know, it's it's fine. You know, it's, get it's, rid it's, of the twelve days by paying five dollars. Five dollar DLC. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> if it was a mobile oh. game, it would be monetized that way. You know it. <laughs> Uh, I, I will very briefly mention the other game this guy has done. I don't want to ruin what happens in it, but okay. it's a, he also made a game called Succulent. Right. And you have, again, a man in his underwear. This seems to be a running theme seems for this guy's game. theme of it, yes. Yeah. And you have just like an orange ice lolly on a stick, and you slowly insert it into his mouth with your, with your mouse. <laughs> and you can okay. poke it so it like pops out his cheeks, and you can see it pushing against the end of his cheeks, and you just in and out for a while. And that's there's, there's there are things that happen. I'm not going to ruin where that game goes. All right, people have to go and try I'm that one out week. just out of curiosity. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh god, yeah, succulent's beautiful. We've uncovered an interesting part of the internet here. I feel. Yeah, I have been down some weird rabbit holes in video games this week. I'm I'm not even sorry. Was it because of Order eighteen eighty six? Do you feel that you need to cleanse from the mundane yeah, I... nature of it? Well, exactly. At least these were interesting in some way. They did something <laughs> new and interesting. The gifts, the gifts from Succulent are so good. Are you looking at the gifts? <laughs> looking at the gifts on the website. <laughs> because they're like, it's not only like the popsicle in his mouth, it's also like two other dudes oh, in the background like yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> what they, yeah they do like voguing in the background they occasionally thrust um <laughs> Of course they do. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Of course not. Oh. Looks like he's eating a oh. corn dog more. You feel I, they I need to render he... the ice lolly better? Yeah. There, there is an ice lolly, definitely. Maybe maybe if I played it again, I'd have got a corn dog. I don't know. Unlocks. I, I played it the once. Cosmetic DLC. <laughs> if, if the Evolve developers were making this game, there would be skins aplenty, that I can tell you. And honestly, I would pay for that. I would pay to have more, uh, <laughs> more things I could dog. stick in that guy's mouth. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, oh, I'm trying to think. Did did I play anything else, or should I sh should I let other people? Oh, say no, 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 no. By all means, I believe you played Fractured Soul, if I recall correctly, as well. Yeah, yeah. I played I played Fractured Soul. Um, so I didn't know this game existed, and it, it it's a 3DS game that got ported to yes, Steam. It is. And basically, you have both of your on the 3DS. It's your top and bottom screen. Here, it's they they sort of just cut the 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 screen you've got on your PC in half. Yes. And each half of the screen is another dimension and it's an action platformer where you're sort of running shooting stuff and you can at any time switch between dimensions and sometimes the platforms will be different different locations you might have different enemies there might be different surfaces or different gravity all sorts of different effects between the two and it's about sort of trying to get through these action platformery levels while keeping in mind what's different about the different universes Right. I really liked it. It's a really polished game. It had a fantastic soundtrack. Um, very, very, very polished. Um, the only problem I had is I played it on Steam, and because of the fact that they cut one screen in half, like a 16 by 9 screen in half, mm -hmm. rather than two actual size screens, I kept finding that I couldn't really tell what was happening above or below me well enough. Right. And I would say it's it's definitely worth playing on 3DS if you want to play it. It does seem like it was designed like, for that very specifically. Mm. It's like it 
it's got 60 frames a second and they've added some nice like visual effects and stuff on PC, but it definitely helps to be able to see a bit more up and down what's going on in that game. I, I was a bit sort of, I kind of wish I was playing this on two screens, not one. But I have a feeling I'd be absolutely awful at it. I'm looking at it, I'm like, there's no way my brain is going to handle this. I had trouble with The World Ends with you on the two screens. This looks like it would be a nightmare. I, I still haven't finished this. It's too hard for me to get through, but I'm enjoying it a lot. It, it never feels unfair. It's just my brain can't process what's going on here. Yeah, that certainly sounds like a problem I'd have. Um, has there been another game that was intended for the 3DS that's been ported to PC? Recently? Like, mm. ever, really. <laughs> uh, I mean, there, some of the indies end up... I mean, because there's a lot of cross-platform stuff that ends up on the eShop that also ends up on Steam. But yeah. anything that's kind of specifically designed for the 3DS and then they move it across, it's I don't like think so. Like, screens and everything, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, because yeah, I... that seems problematic, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't seem it like does. that would work very well. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything this egregious before. Like, it, it's, it doesn't make it unplayable. It's still a really enjoyable game. It's just... I kept going through it thinking, I wish I'd picked up the 3DS version. Yeah. Mm, right. That's yeah, one of those few things. It, it was, it's interesting bringing that up, actually, because I was reading uh, Jim Sterling's tweets earlier about the new Kirby game, which actually, like, in... Uh, I know Giant Bomb didn't like it at all, and it's, it's had mixed reviews. And the biggest problem people seem to be having with it, outside of, you know, I, if you love it or hate it, everyone says the same thing. The damn game's beautiful, but the game forces you to look at the gamepad screen for the entire game, so you don't get mm -hmm. to enjoy that fact. Because everything, you've got to do all the drawing on the pad in order to make everything work. And it's like, well, that sounds like an interesting concept, but simultaneously you've ended up ruining the game by having that in there, right? Yeah, like, I, I loved the um, the DS one of those. What was it? Canvas Kirby curse, and the I Canvas Curse? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely loved that. But again, I've been playing the, Wii, the new Wii U one, and that is definitely a problem. Like, just knowing that there's a better screen just in front of you makes you want to see it. And yeah. it just it's constantly reminding you. Which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, teething problems with, you know, innovation in controls, I guess. Yeah, I, I still love that it's a thing that exists. I'm really glad that, like, of the three consoles that one of them did this. Yes. But I'm also really glad that there are two consoles that are normal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to be able to own one of those, because they're probably getting the same kind of games anyway, and then a Wii U mm. for the weirder stuff. Well, yeah, well, that's and what for, I've for done. Bayonetta, I've got really. Yeah, it's Wii U and a PS4, and I will get the Wii U out sometimes, and I will really enjoy it when I do. But very often, it's just like, okay, I'll put that away and play PS4 for a bit. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. <sighs> what else have we been playing this week? Crenshaw, uh, we've been. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I was gonna say since, since we were since we were talking about about booties and stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like where this is going. Right. <laughs> we played yes. a a card game called Love Letter. Oh, you played Love Letter. Okay, yeah. I've heard of that. That game is actually it's very simple but really fun. The concept of it is that uh, you are a bard, or really whatever you want to imagine yourself to be. But in the context of the story, you are a bard. You are trying to win the love of the princess. But there are so many people between you and the princess. And the princess has stayed in her room for days because her mother, I think, is in jail for being a traitor. I don't know. The story doesn't matter. What matters <laughs> is that you're trying to touch the princess's butt and everybody else is in your way. And so... All of the cards are different members of court. So there's like the count, the countess, 
There's um, the Duke, the Duchess. There's uh, <clears throat> the King, and then the Princess. I'm trying to remember. If that, oh, there's guards. There's just like a lot of people between you and the princess and every yeah. card, every uh, different person has a rule, basically. So like if you have a countess, I think it was, then any. Oh, how did it work? You always you always have two cards in your hand. So you, you have one and then you draw one and then you have to play one. So you wind up with one. But when you're playing, you always have two. And so there would be cards that are like, if you have a countess and a king, you have to discard the countess, right? And then there's, so then then people might think, oh, does, you know, then that means they probably have the king or maybe they just chose to discard yeah, it. Yeah, it seems like there's you know, another bluffing reason. and deduction involved in it. Yeah, and uh, and it's really interesting and you're trying to wind up at the end with the princess and have no one know. But if you have a situation where you're forced to discard the princess or somebody sees that you have the princess, then you fail Okay, and you're out of the game. Mm. Um, it's really, really interesting. It's really fun. So like uh, each round, the person who gets to start is whoever got to the princess in the last round because the, the concept of it is that the princess came to breakfast the next morning and spoke so highly of that person that they right. get to then go first, right? Just like <laughs> silly little things like that. And it's actually really, really fun. So, yeah, I, I like that the, the risk element seems interesting. I'm reading the description of it. It's like powerful cards lead to early gains but make you a target. Rely on weaker cards for too long and your letter may be tossed into the fire. Uh, <laughs> I, I like games like that that have a, a degree of balance because it means the, the replayability is generally very high because you're playing again and again and you're trying to figure out the optimal strategy and everyone else is bluffing and risking things as well. I, mm -hmm. That's one of the best things about board and card games as far as I'm concerned. It's an interesting yeah. concept. I, I just love the way that board games in particular can be made about literally anything. Like, there are multiple board yeah. games about... Uh, there's a board game that came out recently about getting to your terminal in an airport. That's the whole board <laughs> oh, game. Boy. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole board game, really? is get to your terminal on time. And all the mechanics around it are built around that idea. I have a board game called Splendor that's about making jewelry. And mm -hmm. you're making the prettiest jewelry possible for, like, the, the, the wealthy patrons of Venice. And there's so many games about trains. You want to play a game about trains? I mean, oh, there's Ticket to Ride, and then there's 500 other games about trains, you know? Yeah. And they're all all interesting in their own way. And uh, it's that's that's the coolest thing about board games, because like with uh, with video games, I think in particular, it's very it's much harder to make a game based around a theme like that, because a lot of board games are very abstract. Whereas video games can't really get away with that per se, unless you're playing something like Rimmed Capsule, which is like, hey, this is a space station, but really it's just a bunch of blocks and pyramids. Uh, I mean, that's more like a board game than anything else. Rim Capsule, I think it would actually work as one very well. In fact, it's actually kind of like Space Alert in, in a weird way, which is a resource management board game. But yeah, I I love board games. I, I love mechanics, and board games are all about mechanics and theme layered upon mechanics, and then social interaction based on those two things. Yeah, that's the thing, is that also games like that force you to have sort of an electricity between the group yes, there's a lot yes. of energy that's also yeah. applied to the game that you don't necessarily get when you're playing a video game and so i always appreciate that too like love letter would not be nearly as interesting without everybody there like holding their cards being like oh my god i hope no one sees that i have the princess right like <laughs> like that that yeah. sort of an energy you're not going to have that problem when you're on the other end of a computer yeah so I mean, it's even something we've considered with the co-optional lounge and like yeah. I, I think that most games still will work 
across like you've got to have a skype call you've got to know the people and you've got to be on camera and yeah. things like that you know and i think you can get most of the board game experience out of that but it's never as good as having people around a table with some bevies you know it's it's just wonderful it's a great yeah. experience yeah well, you don't you don't have that same experience of being able to sort of almost hit at people when it's like oh goodness how did you do why would you do that and this yeah. is the issue we yeah. had with blood bowl because blood bowl is so goddamn <laughs> unfair like it's more fun <laughs> playing it in person because if you roll badly the other guy's gonna laugh at you and you can oh, just no, get all salty you and um, I think Blood is a great time. Yeah, you love Blood Bowl, Crendor, because you're <laughs> bloody good at it. That's the problem. None of us are. We're just terrible. <clears throat> well, it's like it's the same conversation that's been happening with um, local co-op versus online co-op mm-hmm. games, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, well, you could argue that there are plenty of games that aren't nearly as good when you're not on the couch with another person. But at the same time, online co-op games are are something that is it's it's something that a lot of people never got to experience. And so it's something that can bring you together with a person, even when they're not around. Sure. So there's, there's yeah. always that argument it's like as well. A supplement. I, yeah. It's like, I spent my day today playing fibbage and that would not have so been good. nearly the experience that it was. Had I not been, I, I was playing with my, with my partner and um, her younger sister Sure. and her younger sister's 11 mm-hmm. and she was the most disgusting foul person here. And it was because <laughs> oh, yeah. she was in the room that I knew like, we were just like having this moment of everyone was being very calm, being like, okay, there's an 11 year old in the room. We should play very calmly. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, it's Mr. Dildo is an answer. <laughs> and, it her and she then starts going on about like giant gold monkey cocks. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that would not have worked if I couldn't have gone over to her and said, what the fuck are you doing? Where did you learn this language? <laughs> it's a similar thing with Cards Against Humanity, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, one of the reasons I will not play it on online is because I want to be in a group of friends that knows I'm joking. And having like people watching online, you don't have that element. Yeah. You've got it. And oh, that's so true. I want to be as yeah. offensive as humanly possible because it's funny, you know. I know, and only because it's funny. But yeah. I'm not. I'm. I don't want to expose other people to that because my friends know that I'm joking. I don't believe any of this stuff. But yeah. you know, if I want to play the card big black cock at some point. I would prefer to be around people that are willing to accept that, you know, and not yeah. say, oh, God, you are a horrible human being. Well, yeah, you, I, uh... you get a, it's like Sorry. you get a much better sense. Yeah, it's all right. You get a much better sense of who is reacting in what ways to what's going on. Like at one point in Fibbage today, I pushed to making a joke about taking a dump on an 11 year old girl's chest and couldn't have gotten away with that had I not been <laughs> no, in the room with no, the people and known how we'd escalated. Because <laughs> you've got to escalate in the right way and see how people react. Right. And it wouldn't have worked otherwise. <laughs> yeah, every time that. Uh, I feel like pretty much every time that I've played Cards Against Humanity on stream, it's been with Grandma. Oh, yeah. But like yeah. every single time I wind up getting tweeted by people being like, wow, I was watching you guys play Cards Against Humanity. Didn't know you were so racist. And I'm like, literally yep. the only options there were horrible. So I don't know what you were expecting. <laughs> like there was no yep. way for me to be like, People never oh, complain about me, the, but maybe they the just expect. Card. You're the most vanilla expect. person <laughs> here, Crendor, let's be honest. <laughs> it's true. There's no real doubt about that. Anything I do, they're just like, oh, that's Crendor. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a little bit of theme music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Uh, no, never. I'm never going to play Cards Against Humanity online. Never. It's not going to happen. It's it's just asking for trouble. Like, why would you? 
Mm. Actually, I did find a card game uh, a little over a week ago that I really enjoy that's um, reminded me of Cards Against Humanity, but only if you want it to go that way. Is that which apples is a game to apples? Called... No, no, no. It's a game called Slash. Okay. And you have a pack of cards oh, that is Slash all... is amazing! Yeah, it's amazing! <laughs> all it is is you have, a, you have a deck full of cards that are like um, characters from various pop culture stuff. So you might have like Castiel from Supernatural, Count Chocula... Oh, hang on. Um, is this a game about making Simpsons. fan fiction? Yes! Yes, it's the one about making fan fiction! Except when we played it, we played it with horrible people, and it was, okay, describe the horrifically graphic sex scene between Jaws and Chun-Li. <laughs> because that's what we did with a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that about Slash, that it's kind of like, whenever you're in the hot seat, you get to decide... Like, it can be this as is what I want. Yeah, it can yeah, be as tame be... or as horrible as you want, and yeah, it's it every like how do these two meet, or it could be like yeah. who's on top and why. <laughs> it's like, describe like... how. Yeah, it's anything from describe how they propose to each other up to okay, they're in anal. Who's gonna clean it up? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> oh my. Uh, oh, oh. I apologize for nothing. I like the fact that on the front of the box it says slash romance without boundaries. Yes, quite. <laughs> yeah. If you oh play my. it with the right people, no, there, are, there don't have to be boundaries in that game. 25 months plus shipping, 400 characters from across history. Oh, okay. It, it's got a really good selection. I will say that like it has so many things like i was constantly surprised with how many knowable characters there were in it yeah yeah well everyone at the moment card game wise is talking about exploding kittens of course which just finished its kickstarter run with a just absurd amount of money oh man just ludicrous like they they're gonna have to print over two hundred thousand copies of exploding kittens Two hundred nineteen thousand specifically made 8.7 million dollars its initial goal was 10 grand Mm. biggest kickstarter success ever i believe and then people yeah, were it's nuts. there was a really bad games industry.biz article that was trying to explain like what exploding kittens can teach us about kickstarter success and it's just completely wrong about literally everything it speculates yeah. on everything it's like all right there are basically three reasons why this did well one the oatmeal like, who is ludicrously popular and can get people to do anything. Two, it's a cheap, easy card game. It's not like you... 20 bucks gets you the thing. It's that simple. Three, they did a bunch of funny achievements and they didn't go nuts with the stretch goals. They just did this kind of achievements thing and occasionally gave you stuff. They didn't go insane. They kept it well within their means. That is literally it. I mean, there's nothing more than that. I don't think you can learn much from that other than, oh, you want to make a card game? Better be the oatmeal. Well, I read that Games Industry Biz article, and it just read like it read like so many talks at conventions about how to get your game successful exactly. on Kickstarter. From people who haven't had successful Kickstarters, it's like, well, if this is a foolproof plan, as you're sort of trying to write it as if it is, why haven't you done a successful Kickstarter game yet? Exactly. If it's that easy? Yes, you haven't uh, done any of those things. You're literally just writing about something popular in the hope that you'll get some clicks. That's which important. you will. Which you will, because, absolutely. Because at least half of us on this podcast have read it because it will get clicks. <laughs> yep. It's annoying, that, mm. isn't it? It's like in order to yeah. mock these things, we actually have to read them and therefore they win. It's terrible, but. That's oh, well, never mind. to read an article on the internet. Mm. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I look <laughs> like, at my CPMs and then I look at how worse CPMs are on websites and I think to myself, I can live with giving him that ad impression. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. He did, that's a unit of currency that's so small it doesn't exist. It will be fine. <laughs> but yes, it, uh, I ordered my copy of Exploding Kittens, of course, with the Not Safe for Work deck, which they have... Uh, I think almost, yeah, almost everyone ordered the $35 pledge, which came with the Not Safe for Work deck, which said, this is too offensive for anyone under the age of 30. So like, okay, obviously I'm going to order this. And they Dude. That was it. Yeah, um, Superfight put out a, a Not Safe for Work deck. And oh, really? we we used it on Friendzone, and the very first card that went down, we were like, this was a mistake. <laughs> like, the, the very first card was the ghost of an aborted fetus. And oh, we like, God. Mm. We made a horrible <laughs> error. Back. Let's go he back to the right. Back. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> the train wreck never ends. Like, oh, Christ. Yeah, you do have to watch out for that. The, the internet is a, an easily offended place. So as much as people like to say, oh, I'd love to see you play Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, I'm sure you would, but I have no I, I have no doubt. Like, it's more trouble than it's worth. There'll be it's two, weird because two... it's like the most offended place, yet the most vile place yes, at the same time. Yes, that's an interesting dichotomy, isn't it? <laughs> one has to yeah. wonder if one feeds the other. I imagine it does. It's just a perpetual Ouroboros of outrage. Oh, no. <laughs> Stop yeah. I like that, an Aurora Boris of outrage. Did you say an Aurora Boris? Like an Aurora Borealis of outrage. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same thing at all. Same. But it works. It's like the sky it, it, it just like filled with beams of light, like rage. Crendor logic. <laughs> yes, the internet's rage is a beautiful thing that you have to travel to the Arctic to see, and I wish would stay there. Uh, oh, dear. Well, it, now it's, it's a good. Beautiful thing that, oh, oh, Sorry, oh, no, no, no. Okay. By all means, go no, ahead. No, no. Okay, fine. I was just going to say you could go to space and you'd still be able to see it. There's no escape from it. No, that's true. Uh, we can sign up for that Mars mission. No one's coming back from that. <gasps> Sounds like yeah. a plan. Yeah, it's just there's no internet on Mars. Think. Oh my god. We talked about that on the uh, Cox and Grendor. Yeah. Jesse said he wants to be on the third mission to Mars. That way, the first group dies, the second group kind of gets set up, and the third group's like, all right, we're Well, good. yeah, you don't want to be on the first one, do you? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, see, the lack of internet's my biggest problem, because, like, I'm pretty sure after a while, my other astronauts are going to get bored of me talking about butts. And without <laughs> the internet as a constant source of new people who want to hear about butts, I'm going to be... I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about. So, well, what useful skills do you have that you feel you could contribute to this colonization effort? I can remind them of all the butts on Earth. Yeah, I you are describe doing this in graphic for them. detail every butt that I that I remember. Butts. You said you yeah. said you set up your big console, and there's a thing that's like do it for him, and it's just a picture of an ass right there. <laughs> just a picture photo of an ass. Why, why just a picture of one ass? A picture of a lot. Multiple it's an asses, ass made yeah. out of other pictures of asses. Well, you yeah. could do that. It's a composite ass. It's potentially the perfect ass composed of all of the other asses. It's like mm -hmm. ass. Oh, yeah, I was saying like. What if we colonize Mars, right? And then the people on Mars start to be like, we're not like those Earth people. We're different. And then well, there's a planetary the war. plot of 5,000 sci-fi novels, that one. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be real. Yeah, <laughs> Why would we Mars want that have, thing? Mars is going to have like six people who have no weapons in their army. 
yeah, and I don't think also it's happens go to well. be over a year away by conventional <laughs> rocket ship. But it doesn't, it doesn't seem practical, really. With, with a tracking system that's probably going to warn Earth that you're on your way. Yeah, so it's like, oh, well, we noticed them. They're on their way. We've got a while to prepare, guys. Let's just Unless go and have some they tea. they find something on Mars that they coat the missiles with that makes them undetectable. What missiles? They don't have missiles on, on <laughs> They don't Mars. even have no. houses. Like. We're sending extremely smart scientists to Mars. They're going to know how no, to do No, we're not. We're sending some extremely silly people to Mars that don't want to be on Earth anymore. Listen, all I want is when I die, take my brain, put it in the, like, the, like, bio-freeze or I don't know, whatever, and then... That doesn't exist. When I, <laughs> cryo-free, I don't know That's what it's called. That's the first problem. Put it in a work. robot. <laughs> put it in a robot, like, uh-huh. 5,000 years from now. And I'll just be a robot, Crendor, back so you in know full who, force. You know who, honestly, we need to send to Mars and who would happily go? Just go find the 15-year-olds that are depressed and that are like, well, I don't, no one understands me on Earth. If I went to space, I would get away from all of are them. Are you suggesting sending other kin to Mars? I, I'm basically <laughs> suggesting sending my 15-year-old self to Mars because okay. I was a depressed kid that wanted to be an astronaut because I was depressed and wanted to get away. Wanted from to get Earth. the fuck out of Earth. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> no one understands me here. Earth. Let's go find the futons of <laughs> yeah. Astra Andromeda B. Yeah, so go find the really fucked up weird 15-year-olds like me when I was 15. Yeah. Go send us to Mars. Man, that would be embarrassing. My first contact was with an alien race called the Futons. It was like, ah, you have a stupid name. You're a bed ah, that doesn't like have legs. <laughs> you're a mattress on the floor. <laughs> and then an interplanetary war began over how offensive that was. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. We're going to be right back after the break. We're going to talk about more games we've been playing this week, including Homeworld, which is great. And I'll try not to talk about Star Trek for 20 minutes. We'll be back in a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Corruptional Podcast. Mmm. Had myself some club biscuits. They are delicious. I grabbed water, but yeah. I didn't have any normal glasses left, so I put it in a big wine glass. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably vodka. I, I don't trust that to be well. just water. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally I am swigging vodka. Energy drink, and what do I have? Blackcurrant Frutella. Ooh. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. I got the... Uh... <laughs> Oh, you got the monster oh, munch! Monster munch! You've, yes, I, yeah. so I encourage him to import these. Have you tried any yet? I've tried all of them. What do you think? So, Which is the best flavor? I think Flamin' Hot's the best flavor. That is the only That's... acceptable answer to that question. I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. provide the dissenting opinion and say that the beef flavor is better than the Flaming Hot, but not by much. Uh, I the like beef, the, the beef, beef second. Worst. No, oh. pickled well, onions. The pickled worst. onions the worst. Pickled, pickled onion, onion is the, the is one. the close second best. If you can't have flaming hot, it's no. pickled onion. Yeah. Like I tried like, pickled onion first, and I was like, I don't know if if I'm gonna like these. <laughs> but then I tried the other two, and I was like, all right. The, the roast beef's so. just so boring. It's such it's an delicious. average crisp flavor. There's nothing interesting about it. Ah, it's the it's the it's the texture that does it. It's like yes, it's an average crisp flavor, but added to the corn texture, it's amazing. Love it. But flaming hot is good. I will give you that. Pickled onion is yeah. the devil. But if you really want something, get these. Ah, I've Best never thing. liked tortilla chips, and I probably never will. Uh, the top tortilla ones are pretty good. Yeah, they're really not, good. Like they're way See, better the crisp, than actual burritos. Yeah. The crisps you really want to be importing from the UK are tangy toms, which are basically oh, like yeah, yeah. They are the they're spheres that are the consistency of Monster Munch, but they're like tomato flavored, and yes. you get them for like ten p a bag. They're wonderful. Yep. 
Space Raiders. Those were those things. Oh. The, the different shapes. You could actually put them together to be something and then ruin it by eating oh, no, them. That's the Transformer snacks. Oh, Transformer no, Transformer snacks. snacks, snacks yes. Um, Space the Raiders are different. Supposed to be, you're supposed to be able to make them into a car and a robot, except when you make them a robot, it's a robot whose legs are in like the splits. Yes. And... <laughs> Like the the wheels don't go anywhere. You just suddenly have wheels left over. <laughs> Which is it, why it's, it's ultimately buying play. a packet of crisps to create a robot is a bad idea, and you should probably just eat <laughs> them. <laughs> got to be honest. Speaking of, exactly. I did, uh, you... speaking of things we got in the post, uh, I did get my hogger. My hogger is here. Oh yeah, the hogger. Yeah, I got got my my shipment of Hearthstone random merchandise, but that that's the <laughs> little hogger. He's pretty cool. I like him. Yeah. That is a cool hogger. They have really cool merchandise, actually. I got the, the like, Hearthstone coaster. Yeah, I got those. Things. They're good. Yeah. Got the glasses as well with Ragnaros and Leroy Jenkins on them and everything. So. TV's like, I bought Thanks, one listen. of everything, so... I did, mo <laughs> I did mostly buy one of everything, so... Yeah, it seems to be the way to go with it. Video games. Uh, Homeworld Remastered is amazing. Can I point that out for you? Because it mm. is. It's really, 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 really good. Like, I... I'm not the world's biggest fan of HD remasters because most of them are not very good. But this one, this one is very good. So getting Homeworld before this was difficult anyway because, of course, Homeworld is not actually available on digital platforms. So that was a big deal in the first place. Even them just re-releasing Homeworld on digital probably would have been enough for people to be okay with. But what they actually did was they redid a lot of shit. I mean, the game looks incredible compared to what it used to look like. It looks absolutely amazing. But they also redid the UI for Homeworld 1, which was really bad to start with. So what they did was they said, well, what if we took the Homeworld 2 UI and put that in Homeworld 1? Would that work? And the answer is absolutely it would. And it'll work a shitload better than what we had in the first place. They also redid all the cutscenes. They redid the voice acting. They used the original source audio instead of the horribly compressed stuff that they had in the original game. So it sounds spot on. All of the music's still there. The, uh, the opera and the uh, choral singing that you had in that game, that's all still there. And it's got a really cool multiplayer mode now that has all sorts of different functionality. So it's a fine package, I think, is Homeworld Remastered. It's really good. Did any of you actually play the original Homeworld? I was going to say, I no. never played Homeworld. Never played so, it? No. Mm -hmm. Crandor? I know nothing Go about on. it. None of, oh my Just god, that. right. Well, you know, <laughs> if, if you guys have any interest whatsoever in space strategy that has a really good story, then play Homeworld, because... It has a fantastic storyline, really well voice acted. It's a it's a space opera, essentially, but you're playing a real-time strategy in space. So you're building ships from a home base and doing stuff like that with your mothership. How how old is it, is the original? Uh, 1999, I think, was the original release date. I might be wrong on that one. It's it's quite mm. a bit back, i got to say. Yeah, 1999 was the release of the original Homeworld, and Homeworld 2, I think, was in, like, 2000 and... Three, yeah, two thousand and three, and then they had a they had a standalone expansion that was developed by a studio called Barking Dog, which was called Homeworld Cataclysm, which was actually pretty cool. And I think it's uh, yeah, it was now eaten up by Rockstar. It's Rockstar Vancouver now, actually. Oh, except they closed it. It used to be Rockstar Vancouver, <laughs> and they ended up making Max Payne three after that. But uh, yeah, so it has Homeworld and Homeworld two. It doesn't have Cataclysm, which is a shame because Cataclysm has a great storyline too. But they're both really, really nice just to play campaigns because the story is so good. You'll meet so many weird and wonderful races, and there's this, this very otherworldly theme to it, particularly with the music. Sounds like kind of almost very alien tribal. So yeah, I love Homeworld, and Homeworld Remaster is like. We've been through a lot of HD remakes in our time, and I'd say that Homeworld Remaster is probably Especially one of the best lately. ones. 
Yeah. I mean, outside of, like, Last of Us, it's probably one of the best, if not the best, HD remaster that exists. So, it's spot on, frankly. It's really good. I recommend it. There's still a lot of games tomorrow, I want them to, like, remake or, like, re-release. Like, Such Empire's as- Dawn of the Modern World! Hey, it's Empire's not- a great game! Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, one of my favorite games. And it was actually, like, really good, and it felt like... Age of Empires and em- or Empire Earth and all those games, but it was like and it was like fun and like it got good reviews and then it was just like well it's gone. It was even on Steam for a while and then it just disappeared. Like what happened? Yeah, I know what happened to that. I don't know why GOG didn't pick that one up because they've got all the Empire Earth games and of course I, I mean only the first two are worth playing. The third one is absolutely dreadful. But yeah, the third one's terrible. Oh god, I don't know what the hell they were thinking with that one. It's like we're gonna make it simpler. Like why? We'll make it so you don't have to do anything. Yes. <laughs> Let's take all the things that people liked about it and remove them. Remove all of them. <laughs> hey, you know that really cool expression where you, you start off in the Stone Age with literally rocks as weapons and you went all the way up to the yeah. Space Age and everything in between? You know that? We're going to remove all of that because you didn't want that in the first place. We're going to make three unit types that all work rock, paper, scissors. Oh, that was what's, what's so fun about that game was like you had like this. Yeah, you had the Stone Age and like the Space Age. You could play like pre to space. You could play all the ages or you could just pick one age and be like, we're going to play the middle age. Or like, yeah. we're going to play industrial. And like, the game had so much customizability because yes. of that. It and did. so. The, they well, just Rise of Nations also had that as well. I mean, there was kind of yeah, a, bit of a bit of a fight between which is better, Empire Earth or Rise of Nations. But Rise totally of Nations good. has a pretty good remaster. The thing is, like, it, yeah. it already looked pretty good anyway because it had a particular graphic style that was kind of timeless. But mm. they did remaster that, and that's actually worth playing just as a really great game. But Homeworld blows everything out of the water in terms of quality. Like, you get two games with it, and they're both really long, and you get a new multiplayer mode, which has a bunch of customizable options. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good value proposition. There's a lot of game there for your money. And it's a good game. I mean, it was good when it came out, and now it's even better, especially Homeworld 1. Like, if you try and go back and play Homeworld 1 now, you'll hate the interface. Because it's like, you remember how old games used to say, oh, you want to do something? We're going to have a new screen for that for you. Instead of having it pop up on the screen as part of the UI. No, 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 no. We're going to have a whole build screen, and it's going to take over your entire monitor. That's all gone now, because they took the Homeworld 2 interface and put it into Homeworld 1. So it's way more fun to play now. Uh, yeah. It's legit good. You get Homeworlds 1 and 2 with it. You even get the you tried, uh, which you tried freestyle play. basketball yet? No! I'm not playing freestyle basketball. <laughs> I don't care how much you pester me to play it. I'm not doing it. I asked my Korean guys, though, uh, the, the guys from my esports team, hey, uh, freestyle basketball, was that ever any actually popular in Korea? It's like, oh, yeah, it used to be, like, years ago. But now everyone kind of got over it. But apparently they're playing a new version of it in Korea now. Yeah. As I'm told. Oh, well, they're lucky. To Steam. Right? Oh, man. Yeah, it's coming to Steam. It yeah. got green-lighted. So, Your like, in the next session week, with freestyle basketball is getting just disturbed. I've kind of gotten over it, I... but Sam is, like, he's still really into it. Isn't that oh, game Sam literally pay-to-win? Like, in the worst Asian way possible of well, the way that, like, Korea does pay-to-win? You can pay to still win. get the things, but it's just a lot easier to pay and get the characters <laughs> that have more stat points. Okay. But, but you, you can, can still grind get one them anyway. by, like, if you get to max level, you can make a character like that. So it's not like okay. if you can only get this if you pay. But like if, still can top. you buy those characters and then play against people that don't have them? Because that sounds yes. a bit dodgy. Oh, that's a dick. <laughs> dick move. Yeah. Oh, man. Sam also has a way of making games less fun when you play with him because he gets way too <laughs> into them. 
<laughs> like we're just like we're having fun, That's and he's fired. like, "Why are you having fun? This is a very serious ordeal." And we're just like, "We're just trying to have fun." <laughs> Sam is a were giant H1Z1. I mean, I we're playing H1Z1, trying to build a base because Sam's like, "We can build a base," and then me and Gmart are just like, duh, 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 and he's like, "You aren't helping me." And we're like, okay, what do you want us to do? He's like, nothing. You're going to do it wrong. I'm like, well, what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> so. Dodger, is this your experience with this man since you live with him? No, no comment. <laughs> He's right there, isn't he? He's right behind him. He's behind you. Listen, that's all I'm saying. He is a big tryhard. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, I'm better at him than bat in Battle he just Royale, actually. He wants to be actually. the very best. Like no everything. one ever was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, that reminded me of that Master Power Rangers thing that came out today that everyone's been raving about. The realistic <gasps> power. Really, the really dark and depressing one. Yes, where everyone yeah. dies. Yeah. And it has I, I, um, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica in it. I didn't think what? you could do a gritty version of Power Rangers and do it well. But this did it really well. Mm. And my goodness, it got dark very quickly. Oh, yes. It's like, uh, uh, no, for, for like, we're talking about for like which Empire fan, makes the best yeah. meth, for God's sake. Like, what? For, for like a fan project, it looks really good as well. Oh, like, the God, visual yeah. effects were surprisingly good. I was. Well, impressed. they had legit actors in it as well. I, I, don't, I can't remember the name of mm. the actress who plays Starbuck in the new Battlestar, but she's in it. She's like one of the main mm. characters. James they, they definitely went. Yeah. They went all out on that. If. If the live-action Power Rangers film that is in the works is anywhere, like, is half that good, it will be very watchable. Mm. I believe the guy who made it said, yeah, we just made it because we wanted to make it. There's no plans for a series or whatever. But wasn't that the same thing that they said before they launched that new Mortal Kombat series that ended up actually being okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, the Mortal Kombat thing was, it It was sort of a, here's, here's proof of concept. Yes. Yeah. It was, we would love to make the movie. Here's sort of the angle we would take for it. And yeah. they were rejected on multiple fronts. And so they said, fine, <laughs> turn it into a miniseries. series from Machinima Prime, I believe, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Machinima um, Prime has done some decent stuff. I mean, they, they worked on uh, Blood and Chrome, which was the Battlestar spinoff, which was actually pretty good. Wasn't awful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Power Rangers thing, they were like, this isn't going to be a Kickstarter. Don't give us money. We don't want anything for it. But I'm still like... Well, but, I hope but, that What if like enough that people really like it? Yeah. yeah if, if anything gets popular enough, they will make a sequel because it's very hard to ignore when a thing you made did really well. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think it was uh, one of those little things that they did for Street Fighter that ended up becoming the new Street Fighter movie, which I actually mm. watched and I enjoyed. It was good. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, which which one was it? Uh, God. It certainly wasn't The Rise of Chun-Li. That I can tell you for a fact. <laughs> what? Best movie ever? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I, 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 I bought this thing and watched it. And I can't remember what the subtitle is for it. It's like Street Fighter... I was it Assassin's Fist. Yes, Assassin's Fist is the name of it. Where the, well, it's really nice. Oh, sorry. I go on. No, no, no. By all means. I was just gonna say it's really nice that we're finally getting to a to an age where like camera equipment, editing equipment, and like visual editing software is cheaply available enough, and like the tutorials are strong enough that like fan projects are getting really good. Yeah, and that's a really nice thing to be seeing because most major pr 
like license holders still can't do licensed stuff properly. No, it's good for those of us that like Star Trek because that's literally the only thing we're mm. getting right now. And there's there's one coming out called Axanar, which uh, they did from a kind of fake documentary found footage standpoint with some really good CG that was really grim. You know, it's like that might actually end up being good. It helped that they actually had some real actors in it as opposed to. Yeah, I bought a, a $25 Star Trek uniform. I'm 350 pounds and wouldn't ever get into Starfleet. But I'm going to be the captain and I'm going to pretend to be Kirk. I'm like, I... No, 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 no. There's even a Star Trek Renegades, actually, which got... I kickstarted that, which has a bunch of the old uh, Voyager actors in it, which might end up being good. But yeah, eventually we might actually end up getting a good Star Trek fan film. Mm. We still haven't yet, but, you know, maybe at some point. Give it time; it'll happen one day. Yeah, it eventually. has to. Yeah, for the given reasons enough you said, time, you know. Yeah, given enough time, like it's accessible enough now that someone will do a good job with it at some point. Yes, yeah. Vi um, visual effects have become, at least CG stuff has become cheap enough and accessible enough that people with the right mm -hmm. kind of talent can make it for not too much money. So that's pretty cool. All right, other games. Yeah. Um, so I played. Uh, there came an echo. Which is the game which How will... Is that? Uh, so Will Wheaton's voice acting in it, and he sounds like Will Wheaton, which <laughs> sounds like in everything... What? <laughs> everything Will That's Wheaton voice acts in, it's like, oh, he's playing Will Wheaton in this Will Wheaton game. Okay. <laughs> uh, to the point where I actually Will renamed Wheaton. him uh, Wesley in the game. So the game is voice controlled. You can play it with a mouse. If you do so, you're kind of missing the point. Because if you play it with a mouse, then it's a... It's an average tactics game, basically. If you play it with voice, it becomes still an average tactics game, but with voice control, which is a lot of fun to use. And it's actually quite accurate. And you can you can actually set up way you can set up alternates. So instead of uh, the character, I can tell I can say Wesley go to point alpha and he'll go. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I put um shut up Wesley in there as a command that'll stop him talking. And um, also uh, fuck up is uh, focus fire. So I put in fuck up. It's like, Wesley, fuck up target four. <laughs> and he goes and does it. Um, yeah, so it's got really good speech interpretation to the point where I'd say 95% of the time, it gets it absolutely right. Like, it's never done the wrong thing, but if it can't figure out what you're saying, it'll be like, can you speak up, basically, and asks you to do it again. That's pretty cool. Most of the yeah. time, it's not a problem. You don't have to train it or anything, which is why I'm like, oh, voice... I wasn't aware voice reading was that advanced now. Apparently it is. You don't have to train it. It works well with my voice. I do need to try other accents to see how it's going to work there. I have a feeling there might be problems with that. <laughs> Laura! There's this a cat. cat. There is a cat. Oh, it's so cute. <gasps> Sorry, I'm just staring at the cat now. It's acceptable. She was walking on the table, blocking the monitors. Oh. I picked him up. That is a perfectly acceptable reason to have a cat in view, and I fully support you keeping it there for the rest of the show because he's, this is adorable. Wants to leave now. Oh, oh God. It's gone. Bye. I'm quitting the show here. I'm going. I don't, no cats, no me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so but yes, back to Echo. Uh, so it's apparently about four hours long. I spoke to the dev. It's going to be a $15 game. It really doesn't have any replayability. I think like $15 for four hours is about the right number. I'd say, mm -hmm. assuming that it's good. What I will say about it is that if you don't care for the story, then the gameplay 
is relatively basic. I mean, it really is a case of move to these preset points on the map. So there'll be like, there'll be waypoints around the map. You tell a uh, guy to go there and he'll target the nearest thing. You can tell him to focus on, and each of the enemies has a different number above their head. So it's like, focus on five. And you can switch between weapons. So you have a standard pistol and two other advanced weapons, which take energy, but your energy is also your shield. So you want to be a little bit careful with that, not to burn all that out. There's a weapon that's like a grenade launcher, which is AOE. There's a sniper rifle, which requires you to not be being shot at in order to fire. There's a rail gun, and there's um, a, a gun, which is just an SMG, which is designed for suppressing fire. So you've got a four-man tactical team that you're ordering around in this game. And each of the levels is quite interesting. There was a level where I only had two of my characters, but I had two turrets, and it was kind of, it was like a tower defense game. There were lanes. So I could tell the turret, uh, target lane five, and the turret would stop pointing that direction and then kill everything that was coming that way. And there were mines you could detonate on the map. I'm like, detonate mine 16, and then four guys just explode. There's something about voice control which is really compelling. Mm -hmm. Hard to identify it's what. like you're a commander of a ship. Yeah. It's a feeling, okay. like it's it's an immersion factor that the game right. has. Is, yeah, like this is the impression I was getting listening to you talking to it. Is it sounds like the reason why it seems to be better with voice controls is like if you are invested in the story and those people, it's that just that little bit of extra connection to I am shouting at this person who I care about in the story to go do the thing. Yeah, and in the, in the, the story they'll sometimes ask clicking. me to talk as well, and they've got some nice mm -hmm. little things. Um, there was a there was one where it asked me to say hi to a character, and it's like uh, say hi Sam, and I said hi Sam, and they're like ha ha, very funny. I was like oh that's <laughs> cute, you know they they kind of anticipated that you do that. There, I will say though, there's not a lot of interactivity in those cutscenes. There's a lot of cutscenes. I've done like I think seven battles in about just over two hours, and the rest of it's been cutscenes. So it's about half and a half. If you're not invested in the story, this is probably not going to be worthwhile for you. As I said, the voice acting is good. Ashley Birch does a good job. Um, the the main female protagonist, uh, who really sounds like uh, the woman who does everything, who plays Femme Shep, whose name escapes me, oh, Jennifer um... Hale. Sounds Jennifer like Jennifer Hale, but I'm pretty sure it's not Jennifer Hale. It's, it's someone that sounds like Jennifer Hale. And Wesley, I mean, Will Wheaton sounds like Will Wheaton. So, you know, there's that. And then the rest of the voice acting is okay. Some of the writing's a little bit stilted in places. Some of the jokes fall a little bit flat. But it's an intriguing story because it's set in the future. It's all about this supposedly unbreakable encryption thing. So I think that there's going to be hopefully a satisfying conclusion to it. And the voice commanding is fun. It is a basic tactics game if you break it down. But the voice commanding works well enough and it's, it's uh, slick enough. Like it's quick. It doesn't wait for you. Like it right. responds almost instantly. And That's there awesome. is there's something about that that is engaging. Is there any possibility for narrative characters to die, or is it sort of just only plot-related? So. Okay, uh, it's yeah. got to be plot-related. There's no permadeath in it. Obviously, you can lose yeah. a mission if your characters go down, but no. You've yeah. got a team of four, and that's pretty much going to be a team of four for the entire game by the looks of it. Mm. That's yeah. right. Then I was just thinking in terms of voice controls, I was like, oh, I like the thought of getting invested in them not being there. But yeah. that's not yeah. all games. They might do that. <laughs> you know, hard to say. But yeah, do yeah. that, people making the game. Listen to me. Do what I say. Indeed. Make the thing. Yes, this is my voice command. Put the feature in. Yeah. It's yeah, but it's good. I mean, again, no replayability for that. So, but you do if you buy it within the first week, you get a free copy of that other game, which was Sequence, which is was that really cool rhythm slash RPG game 
which mm-hmm. I liked, which was a good few hours of entertainment with a really great soundtrack. This time around, they got big giant circles and they have music again from Ronald Jenkins. What disappoints me a little bit is they said it was an original soundtrack. It's actually not. Like uh, the tracks from Ronald Jenkins are from his latest album which is a bit disappointing for me as someone that likes Ronald Jenkins. I wanted to hear some new material. But I think the Big Giant Circle stuff is new, and he's good. So if you like the music, then that's great. But yeah, that's There Came an Echo. I'm doing my video on it today, and I'll probably have that out by tomorrow for people. I believe the game is now out by the looks of it. Uh, Let's just double-check that. Pretty sure it came out today. Uh, Yeah, it just got released about an hour or so ago. Under Disney Mickey's Typing Adventure. And it's cheaper than Disney oh. Mickey's Typing Adventure. So wow. I think the choice here is clear. There are lots of Disney games that are on sale on, on oh, really? uh, is it a Disney Steam right thing? now. Okay. Yeah. It's a Disney thing going on right now. Fair enough. Yeah, so I played um, that. What do you play, Dodger? We, uh, we played Dungeon of the Endless. Ah, oh, yeah. Yes. What do you think of that? That game is super fun, I think. I, I really, really, really like that game. Um. So describe yes, it for those who haven't played it. So it's kind of a tower defensey roguelike. So you have 13 floors. You're trying to get to the top floor. The concept of the game is that you were in a space pod and the pod crashed and you need to get out, basically. And so each floor, you only have a certain amount of power to power different rooms. You can open rooms and find things, find monsters, find boxes, find whatever. Um, but if you leave the room dark, if you don't have enough power to power all of the rooms that you have open, those dark rooms will randomly spawn monsters. Okay. Um, each time you open a door, it's kind of like taking a turn. So you want... <laughs> When you play with Krender, this does not happen. But what you want to have happen is that you open one door at a time because each each time you take that turn, there's a possibility of a new wave of monsters. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and you're trying to find the elevator. One room is going to wind up being the elevator. And then you take your kind of energy gem that you have back at your pod. You take that to the elevator. And during that run, like once you pick it up, all of the rooms spawn monsters. And so you have to just get to the elevator as quick as you can. And then you, yeah. And then you get to the next level. And so it gets progressively harder and harder and harder. One thing I love is that the difficulties are too easy or, or very, very easy. It's too easy or easy. Too easy and easy. I think are the two difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. And let me guess that both lies. They're both, they're both kind of hard. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, it's communication is so key. So like originally I played it with, um sam and gmart and the three of us like kind of got into a rhythm and then we got krender in the team and krender was like fuck all of you and just like opened <laughs> all the doors was That's like i'm gonna, kept I'm gonna get to the, the treasure chest. chest first yeah so he was like i'm just opening <laughs> doors i gotta find a treasure chest and so we'd have like eight waves of monsters just like fuck you krender <laughs> like <laughs> so but it's it's really fun and and one thing as as a person who loves games that have lots of different unlockable characters um as you're going through you'll find people and you can uh you can dismiss your current character and you can buy uh not in a microtransaction way but like with with materials that you've gained throughout the game you can uh buy the character that you've found and as long as you keep them alive for 3 floors then you unlock that character. Okay. 
All right. So it's pretty cool. Every time, every time you you buy a character, even if you don't unlock them all the way, they'll still show up on your bar. But it'll be like, here's this character. Here was like their little description, but you didn't quite unlock them yet. It's just a person you found. Right. So it's really fun. It's really really cool. Yeah. It is really fun. It does sound yeah. good. It's been on the list of stuff that I've meant to look at for a while and just I've never really got around to it. Is it a game like you'd recommend playing in co-op or a single player just fine? I think you gotta play uh, multiplayer. I think, yeah. I think playing I by yourself playing is alone. frustrating. Yeah, I tried playing alone and it's like a lot more strategic and like more difficult. Like It's more fun to play with friends. Is this lo local only or is there online as well? No, it's, it's on Steam. It's online, yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. I don't think there is local co-op. I think it's only uh, online. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So and it's and it's entirely like wads to walk around and right clicks to do things. So it's really simple. It's just oh, yeah. staying alive. <laughs> you know, making sure that everybody's on the same page and staying alive. Well, I like the idea of the single player because you said, "Oh, it's more strategic," as if that was a bad thing. It's like, no, that sounds uh, that sounds good. Go with that. <laughs> it's a bad thing for me. I'm like, oh well, man. Well, yes, for you. <laughs> Like, I, I, I like strategic in theory, and it never quite works out. Mm. I am, well, it it yeah. always devolves into just, yeah. uh, what am I doing? <laughs> well, you have, um, you have, like, different gems that help you gain more materials. So you have science, industry, and food. And, uh, and so you're able to, to put down items that will help you gain more of that stuff, and you can also build turrets, and that's where the sort of tower defense sort of aspect comes in. And when you're playing single player, you have to be way more, way smarter about where you're putting those items and where you're putting your turrets. Because when there's four of you, you can just be like, who's got industry? Put a thing there, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. There's power, and then you can, like, power the rooms with the power, but like you can only power so many rooms, and when a room's powered, it doesn't spawn monsters. So you want to be strategic with that as well. So like but if you take damage in there, but sounds right. yeah. <laughs> but like if you take damage to your crystal, then you lose power, and so you can only power so many rooms. Mm. It's, yeah, okay. it's an interesting. Yeah, I want to try this. I, I I think I yeah. tried it back in early access, and I was just befuddled by it. I so I, I, <laughs> I didn't quite get. <laughs> the concept and if i don't get the concept of a game i'm just like i'll come back to it later and then never end up doing yeah. it it's so. fun it's really yeah, fun. It sounds enjoyable. Fun. yeah. Sounds just good. sounds like something I ha i'm gonna have to play with people because i will i wouldn't yeah. do well by myself yeah i might borrow you <laughs> for it we'll see how it goes we'll give it a shot do it you play anything do else it. this week dodger i played <laughs> i played boring man that that what? stick man shooter game. Oh Why god, would you guys. Call a game boring man. That... <laughs> I don't know. There's a game on Steam called Boring Man. It's free to play and it's what, like was a... it boring, man? It was. Good question. <laughs> no. Not... Well, at I, least they're I... being honest about it. Look. It's boring man online tactical stick man combat is what they call it. So, oh. describe it to us. Uh well, the so it's basically just you run around, you jump walls, you roll, you're a stick man of various colors. You pick up weapons and you try to shoot each other. There are generators. So, like, it's it's a little bit more than just, like, a random brawler. Um, your team does have a generator and people can destroy your generators. And then you have to go find them and, like, bring them back up because that's how you have, like, little turret guns all over the place. And you're just, okay. I don't know. I'm I got frustrated not only because I thought that the game was like kind of meh, 
but also because uh, it was very, very hard for me to get into a game. They also and I don't blatantly know the... ripped off the aesthetic from Minecraft in a huge way, I've noticed. Oh, yeah. For <sighs> sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, the my. doors look, like, identical. The torches is what I noticed. Yeah, it's super weird. But, um, yeah, so that's that's uh, a game that's free that I don't I see played. how this is tactical in any way. This just Me looks neither. like a bad version of Soul That Bat. was the other thing, is I was like, I don't understand. I think the only way they can get away with saying tactical is if... You know, you have to f get to their generators and, and shut down their generators. But, like, that's rarely been a thing that matters. It's mostly just find people and kill them. Is there a strategy which involves not the playing end. this game? Because I'm going to take <laughs> that strategy. Just do not, do not play it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, I'm yeah. sure some I just did not. I searched for the game and the first thing I saw was please leave us a nice review and I was like okay well no. if you're going to have to ask for that that's probably not a good sign yeah, really. uh, I have no we're trying really hard <laughs> please like, uh, oh, please be nice to our new grounds game well that brings up an interesting little looks super new groundsy too topic. <laughs> like, did you guys read the tweets from the, fo the fellow at uh, Sony I think Santa Monica who basically went on a rampage because people didn't like the order, and no. he was he was saying, "Why do we even give review copies and add money to these sites? These sites like only want to hate our games." Like, oh I'm pretty sure he had to delete it afterwards because that is probably one of the stupidest things you could ever say as a developer. <laughs> but holy <laughs> hell, like, well, why do we I give you guys money I to hate us? Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily agree or disagree. I'm not going to take a stance, but I saw someone say, if IGN doesn't like your game, that's not because they want to hate your game, because they want to love everything. Yes, they do. Like they want to give everything a, a nine. From them, you probably did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Alien Isolation, which inexplicably got like a 5.9 from them, and they, and they were the outlier mm. score on that game. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, in that situation, that's just a guy that didn't gel with the game like and that's how yeah. it works and if scores hey, didn't exist it wouldn't be a problem work. like that wouldn't yeah. even that 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 review wouldn't have even raised an eyebrow if it didn't have a score attached to it if it Oops. it would have just been oh okay so this guy obviously didn't gel with this game he gave us his reasons that's fair done yeah. but because it's a yeah. 5.9 it's instantly a scandal it's like you're not sending out codes and paying things for good reviews you're doing it for publicity yeah mm. it's like it's it's a weird situation, like the way that games press and now obviously YouTubers relate to developers. It's like, look, we know for a fact that we can influence sales to some degree. Now, you can spend a lot of money marketing your game and you can maybe override what we do to some extent. I mean, The Order 1886 is still number one in the charts in the UK, regardless of its poor reviews. So it's obvious that... To, to to a greater or lesser extent, games media doesn't matter, whether it be YouTubers or whether it be traditional games media... We can't stop you buying a game that's not very good. We, what we can do is we can certainly sell more copies of a game that is good. We're very good at that. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, I was playing a game called Ro uh, Robot Roller Derby Disco Dodgeball. Yes. It's <laughs> a good game. Fucking great game. It, it handles well. It's a lot of fun. It's got an emphasis on trick shots, which I really love because it, you know, the, those Whoa. moments that you get in, this is what's really smart about the game. Those moments that you get in an arena shooter are the really satisfying ones, but they decided let's attach a score to that. 
Let's actually make it, let's make them an integral part of our scoring system, which means that you are encouraged to try for stupid shit like dunks and flying attacks and power yeah. slides into ricochet off a wall into a double kill, you know? And the game wants you to do that stuff. Instead of just making it kind of fun, it actually makes it a core game mechanic, which is really smart. It's a great game. And we were able to more than double the size of its concurrent player base in under 24 hours just by doing a video on it. And I'm like, look, we, you know, we might not be able to stop people buying Order 1886, but we can certainly sell copies of Robot Roller Derby Disco Dodgeball. You know? So that's why you send press codes out, because you hope that's going to happen. You hope that someone's going to really like your game and they're gonna, they'll become an evangelist for it because they really love it. I think the biggest thing is you just want people talking about your game in some regard because even yeah. if the, the words about a game on the scale of the order are mediocre, it's not going to hurt because all that, all that, for, for the order, all that they needed the press to do was to say, this exists, it's out now. That's all they needed those reviews to say and that will be enough for people to look at videos, see that it's really shiny and it will still sell. Yes, like, and it's the really shiny what, bit that yeah. helps, which is why I almost, well, I mean, I think this is probably true and it's been true for years that the mm-hmm. focus on absolute graphical fidelity over other things has been important because, as you said, it, the, or the Order 1886 is the most relevant game that's currently out at the moment. That doesn't mean it's the best game that's out at the moment. It's the most relevant game because people are talking about it a lot and that means footage is getting around and people are watching that footage and like, wow, that looks incredible. And it yeah. does. It's a good looking game. If you mm-hmm. don't mind big black bars and 30 frames per second in excessive brown, <laughs> if you don't mind... Which, when, you're watch, which, when you're watching video on YouTube, no one's going to notice the frame rate. Like, that's not going to be a Unless you come to my factor. channel. We do everything in 60. But, hey. uh, but, but most of the time, you're right. Most people don't watch in 60, don't have a browser mm-hmm. that can watch in 60. And they're not used to watching in 60 anyway. They're used to watching in 30. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. They absolutely will watch that and be impressed by it enough to pick it yeah. up and if it ends up being rubbish it doesn't really matter that's, it's already in your hands yeah. by that point that's, that game's that's gonna... all the yeah that's Sorry. all they needed yeah that's all right that that's all they needed the press to do was to say it's good it you know, it exists go look at the footage for 30 seconds and see that it looks nice like mm-hmm. that was the whole role those press copies did and as such like yeah you needed those out because yeah. otherwise less people would have looked at it let me tell you this though, I think it's going to be one of the most traded in games in history. Like, there's mm-hmm. that game is getting sent back in a massive way. And hell, you know, if you're smart, you probably wait a couple of weeks, and in like a couple of weeks, you can get it for $30 on used because they have too many fucking copies of it. Because <laughs> yeah. you beat it in seven hours, then you trade it back in because there's no replayability. Yeah. Well, just look for like the first time they talk about numbers for that game, they're going to talk about shipped rather than sold. Mm-hmm. That is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to ship a lot and they're not going to sell them all. Yeah. I bought Disco Dodgeball. It's a great game. Disco Dodgeball is a ton of fun. You should absolutely play it. Uh, (laughs) Well. Yeah, I think the best way to, like, promote games is, like, what we did with Chivalry. We have, like, a big tournament of YouTube people and they're still playing it and having fun. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sold a load of copies. I mean, and that's that's the face of the sort of new kind of marketing, the way that they... They use people that have an audience and they say, hey, we're going to put our game in front of your audience. We're going to pay you for that. And obviously there are ethical concerns with it. But when you're dealing with something like a tournament, it's not like, oh, we're not paying you for a good review. We're paying you for your time to go and play our game with other people and kill people in our game in a big tournament. And it's worth, you know, several games have worked with Polaris. So they've done that. Guns of Icarus did it. Chivalry did it. It worked well every time. I know Smite's done it. 
It's yep. just like get a famous gamer into a tournament to play against other famous gamers while playing our game is a very effective marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. And yep. some, I mean, even bigger games, Monster Hunter did it. Monster Hunter's doing it with you. Mm-hmm. Some of you guys, I know on Polaris are doing a promo deal with them. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years how YouTube actually affects the way that those things work. Because I mean, we have devs coming right out and saying that reviews don't matter. And I think if you look at Order 1886 sales, you actually it's actually hard to argue with. Like, they <laughs> apparently don't matter that much. Well, it's like the last two games I can think of are like of that sort were Dying Light, which had PewDiePie on the uh, quoted on the yes. marketing material. Yeah. He actually played it six months before like it came this, out, yeah. too. Mm, and then you've got the Order 1886. It's like, yeah, it's hard to argue that traditional reviews have difficulty preventing success of bad games. They can't. They, I mean, mm. and it's not, you can't do it with movies either. It's not like this is mm. the only industry. It's not like yeah. Age of Extinction didn't make a ton of money, despite the fact that it is the, oh my God, that the fucking thing. I, I can watch, <laughs> mo- I, you know, it, it's added to, I have six movies in my life that I have actively disliked. Only six. And I've watched <laughs> what are they? Um, okay, <laughs> can I go with them? Okay, uh, the newest version of Phantom of the Opera. Fucking hated it. Um, uh, Doctor Doolittle with Eddie Murphy. Terrible, terrible thing. <laughs> the Cable Guy. Uh, absolutely cable hated guy. that one. Uh, Jonah Hex. That was fucking terrible. Uh, Skyline, which was a massive disappointment. The trailer lied to me completely as to what that movie was. And Transformers 4 Age of Extinction. Those are the six movies that I actively want my time back for. The rest of them... <laughs> Hell, even Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. I'm okay with that. I also just finished watching the newest RoboCop. It's shit, but I had a fun. T- I had a fun two hours with it. Whatever. And yeah. I probably put Fifty Shades on that list, but I'm not going to watch Fifty Shades because I'm not an idiot. That's uh, there you go. <laughs> Those are like the six movies in my life that I've disliked, and yet Transformers did ridiculously well, and it got what 25% Metacritic. Like people hated it. Didn't matter. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Once something's yeah. reached that size and it's moving, you cannot stop it, no you matter how you try. Stop it. Well, there's lots of people cannot. who just want to see it for themselves to see if it really is that bad or things like that. Or yeah. they or they just hear from friends well, like, oh, just go see it. And like, okay. Or they just don't care about reviews. Or it's like, oh, let's go see it because it sounds go- like good or whatever. Well, with games, though, uh, people get so invested in like, this game is going to be amazing. This is going to be my next big game, right? And you invest way more time into a game than you invest into a movie. Yes. <laughs> and so yes. when people are set on that, they're like, no, you guys just don't get it. It's going to be great. <laughs> Fuck the haters. It's been, it's been the curse of like comment sections on any kind of internet review for years, which is the game's not out yet and people are already saying your review's wrong because. <laughs> yeah. From people like, who clearly cannot played have played it. it because... Yeah, but 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 I like I was excited, so it's. I be pre-ordered good. this game, and I can't be wrong. It's it's like it's a heady combination of buyer's remorse and a few other nasty little things thrown in there for good measure. Yeah. And let's be honest, the games industry loves that. They you know they have conventions. E three is nothing but that. E three is an event dedicated to four days of trying to get you to buy things that are coming out in two years. 
And yep. it works, and it keeps working, even if you have disappointments like Watchdogs, even if you have disasters like Colonial Marines. It keeps working, because people keep pre-ordering. 2015 is supposed to be this big year of we don't pre-order. Like, people have been trying to organize it all over the place. It hasn't worked so far. You know, the <laughs> yeah. top sellers you on Steam are still games that aren't out yet. You know? You might make it a couple of thousand people dent in that but yes. no one in any industry is going to notice that dent no yeah. they're probably not you know no. ultimately it's it's not really going to work out too well i think it's something you've just got to kind of give up on as a as a media person if your quest is to stop people buying bad video games uh you're not going to succeed the one thing you can do is you can use your platform to promote good video games and hope that the people will buy those instead which is frankly a much better way of doing things it's far more positive and it actually benefits the industry so do that instead Someone in chat made a good point. They said with a bad movie, you can actually just fall asleep through it, while with a bad game, you have to interact and experience. Well, games are work. You know, you've got to do something with a game. Uh, you, you, you just you digest a movie. You consume it. With a game, you have to work. I think it was um, was it Charlie Brooker that made the joke, or was it somebody else that said, uh, you know, it's video games are weird. There's no way. Uh, a book would say after page 37, all right, we're going to test you on what happened in the last few pages, otherwise we don't let you turn. You <laughs> I think know. it was Dara O'Brien. Oh, it was a Dara O'Brien that said that, yeah. it was Dara O'Brien, yeah. Yeah. But no, it's the only medium where it's like, no, you're not good enough. You don't get to see the rest of it. Yes, which is great because, uh, I mean, games are inherently competitive in that respect. I know a lot of people like to talk about competitive video gaming as if it's its own thing. And it is from an esports standpoint, but almost every game is competitive. You're competing against yeah. the game to progress in some way. And games that don't provide that obstacle, I, I don't know, I get into the controversial subject of whether they're even video games, but let's uh, let's not. As, uh, we've talked about that quite enough. Uh, anyone else played anything else interesting this week? Uh... We played Witcher Adventure Game on Cooptional Lounge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can't recommend that, that game. Because we didn't finish it. No, we couldn't because we played two games of that and both of them we had to play a disconnect. There was no way to reconnect to which adventure game. Not only that, not only that, they were like, <laughs> would you like a 40 minutes to an hour long game? We were not even close to finishing that fucking game no. and we were like nope. three hours in. Like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> It said, like, oh, three objectives will take you anywhere between 40 to 70 minutes. Like, that's perfect. We can probably get two in for the show. Yeah. No. We were two hours deep on one game, and we'd had one quest each completed. I, I get yeah. we weren't playing optimally because we're not good at the game yet because we hadn't played even much. Even then, though. But even then, yeah. that was dragging on, you know? And yeah. I, I mean, I, I still think we could have done better because I mean, uh, people were pointing out like uh, Jesse was playing it completely wrong. Like he was like, oh, I'm going to start by uh, playing the loot for money. It's like, no, the first thing you do is you develop. You need cards. You need abilities. Right. But yeah, I mean, Jesse's I guess the time the game before. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Jesse's played the game <laughs> before and apparently like, barely understands it. A million times. <laughs> yeah, he's like Dandelion is the weakest character and apparently he's playing Dandelion completely wrong. So <laughs> that would explain why he thinks that. <laughs> But, uh, uh, but yeah, as I say, I, um, I can't recommend that game because there's no way in a million years you should have a game that disconnects people and doesn't allow them to reconnect in a board game. That is disgustingly stupid. It's a must-not-buy yeah. as a result. 
And I just yeah. said that he... about one of my sponsors. So there you go. You know. <laughs> like, even even on the small scale of like, I mentioned Fibbage earlier. I couldn't reconnect like after someone dropped out during that. It's like yeah. no, you can't connect, reconnect to the end of the game. I it's like that. well, you can like if that's such a short thing, and I got frustrated that we couldn't reconnect. I can't imagine what that's like on a forty-minute to an hour-long game. Board game, yeah, it's mm. it's infuriating. I mean, it that's ruined really the episode for me. All I was. That time. I was really angry by the end of it. Like, I really was. Because I, yeah. I, it's not like I wasn't enjoying the game. It's not the best board game. It lacks a lot of player interaction, which is one of the things yeah. that kind of... Uh, games that lack player interaction uh, can... Some people don't really like them. I don't, I'm not hugely a fan of games that don't have much of that. And there really wasn't a lot you could do. Like, you could support someone else, and you can occasionally do what I did, which is move, like, monster tokens and uh, fate tokens around the board to fuck with people. But that's, like, really all you can do. And I think yeah. that games that don't have a lot of player interaction are maybe not that amazing. But outside of that, like, it was thematically cool. I liked the development system. I loved the idea that each game you developed differently by drawing different development cards and you had to figure out your strategy based on what you had. Yeah. That was cool. And there I was a like good the style of it. Yeah, good degree mm -hmm. of uh, resource management in there as well. I like that. So it's not a, not a bad video game. Thematically, it's pretty good. But the digital version don't buy it don't like it doesn't work properly it's that simple like mm -hmm. i i actually went to see i went to my project uh because i uh, my esports team is sponsored by gog who are not owned by cd well there's a they're not the same company as cd project red who make the witcher board game but right. they're close enough to where i'm like i gotta be a bit careful about the wall between us kind of thing like i couldn't mm -hmm. review that game but I'm okay saying that I don't think it's very good because of that. And I went to them. I'm like, you realize we played this in front of 15,000 people. Your game broke twice and ruined the show. Like, you need to fix this. This game has been yeah. out for months. It didn't ruin the show. The show's the about show was friendship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was about friendship. Yes, that's what If you say about. so. Uh -huh, sure. <laughs> but like, no, this is just unacceptable. Like, and for CD Projekt in particular, who are really well known for good customer service, plug plug i'm sponsored by them you will know this i have disclosed <laughs> it um it like you've got to you've got to ask them what the hell are you doing like you don't act this way this is rubbish you've got to sort this out yeah so hopefully they do if they do i'll happily play that board game again and we'll play it on the show again but if they don't i'm not going to waste my time with it and we're going to try Battlestar this week. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work out. Like, I don't know how anything works in that you don't, game. Have, you even, uh, have any of you played Battlestar, the board game? No. no. I know oh, Jesse has. Jesse has, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesse, that, Jesse yeah. has been threatening to shuck us out the airlock for the last like, yeah. week. Well, I, I might not even play. I, I think we we'll, won't we'll even start with that expansion because like, it's complicated enough without that. You know? So the worst yeah. thing you can do oh, is... No airlocks? Yeah, the worst thing you can do is break you. <laughs> He can put you in the brig, um, but he won't be able to kill you. And then maybe okay. after that, we introduce the expansion that lets him kill you. But yeah, we'll see. It's it's a very, very good game. will probably mess it up some it's way. Probably my favorite. There's, the cool thing about that is the player interaction is based on deception. You have no idea who's a Cylon. Maybe right. nobody is. That's the oh, funny man. thing. Maybe nobody in the first half of the game is oh. a Cylon. It's possible. Games like it's that like, are uh, always the worst. They I kill love friendship. That. Love Trouble it. in Terrorist Town. Yeah. Mod thing. Well, I was playing stuff that like uh, that and Mafia have become really popular lately. Mafia-based yeah. game types. It's because it's so yeah. much fun to try and figure out who it actually is, and like that creates a whole nother level of like entertainment in itself. Being like, all right, we're gonna stand in a circle and try to figure out who is the person. It just makes it funny and. And anything that takes people who like each other and creates huge walls of tension and distrust <laughs> is always enjoyable to, yes. to watch. 
yeah. I love that. And with with the advent of things like voice control and the ability to have webcams in games, like mm. that, that's a emerging genre. There's a game called Town of Salem, which I believe is out, which yeah, does the mafia Town thing, basically. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously the mods. I mean, a lot of that bluffing stuff and Mafia was based in like old Warcraft 3 mods back in the day. Yeah. That's how they did it then. And now it's becoming a game type, which I love. Absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I played Heroes of the Storm with Jesse. Oh, I bet that was a fun experience. <laughs> I, I am, just... I'm having to filter Jesse's tweets. Every <laughs> night he goes on a 10 tweet rampage by Heroes of the Storm. And it's the same thing every time. It's like, Blizzard, I don't believe that the design philosophy of Team Focus is good. He has 10 tweets. Why? You said this last night. You know, we My get it. Part is like we were playing it was me him and gmart and gmart was like going to the middle to win us the game and jesse's like gmart go back to the base what are you doing you're so dumb and gmart's like dude i'm winning us the game he's like gmart you're so stupid just do it and then we won the game and jesse's like well you should have did what i said but like i guess that worked <laughs> it's like jesse you just need to like calm down i'm not playing that game with him I, the best you know game. two years ago we were going to start a league of legends series together where I would teach him League of Legends. I am very glad that series never got off the ground. <laughs> yep. You know why it, it never got awful. off the ground? We were interrupted by pizza and forgot the entire idea. I was in his house. We were playing a game. Pizza arrived, which came with the world's best funnel cake. So oh, yeah, I remember that video. You remember that? What, you remember that video where I ate the stupid Twinkie covered in? Oh, God. Oh, I still yep. remember the taste. A pluses. <laughs> And we forgot about the series indefinitely and never did it. So thank you, World's Best Funnel Cake. Mm. You saved me unimaginable <laughs> psychological trauma. Also, Jesse gets the most mad and like thinks he knows the most while he's like the least experienced in those types oh, of games. Oh, he's, he's a Dunning-Kruger. He <laughs> Dunning-Kruger syndrome, right? Yeah. yeah. He has like the lowest MMR out of all of us. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, you <laughs> cannot give Sam shit when you willingly play Heroes of the Storm with Jesse. Oh, no, I, no. I won't do it. I won't like... Uh, uh, he used to be like back in the alpha he used to be really chill about it but he got super serial about that game and now i'm just like i think i'm gonna play it with someone a little bit chiller because this is the mario kart of dota clones and i don't <laughs> want the stress yeah. if i want stress i will play dota proper yeah. dota not this yeah. this is it's my like dota has crippled me emotionally enough for one night game i'm gonna try this <laughs> instead yeah and it's like fast casual games and it's just having fun and you're like woo and then the last thing you want is just like, you didn't get the objective right. So stupid. Oh, oh man. That's why yeah. now I just push his buttons when we play it. He's just like, God, <laughs> Anther's so useless. I'm like, I don't know about that. I think you're wrong. He's just like, what do you mean I'm wrong? I'm like, eh, I think you're wrong. Everyone gets salty over those games because they're so team-reliant. Yeah. And the points that Jesse made apply just as well to League of Legends and Dota. He makes the point that someone can carry you in those games. Yes, but someone could also get you killed in those games. Like, yeah. in a proper, evenly matched fight, you need everyone at their best. And if someone isn't pulling their weight, you will lose. And no amount of carrying will help you there. So like I Unless think, you're, like, a Master League, like, pro person, you have no, like, right to... I, I like, played oh, with one of bad. the best players in the world for a, for a charity tournament. I played with, um... Uh, why have I forgotten his name? He's gonna hate me. I played with Dendi. <laughs> Oh, God. I play I with Navi like, Dendi. I just never remember the name. <laughs> even then. Well, I'm going to go to break. Uh. Yeah, even <laughs> then, you can still lose. Like, it is possible. So that that is a genre where you have to accept that working with the team rather than against the team is the way to go. 
Yep. Yeah. Oh dear. I yeah. Let will won't play heroes with Jesse. That sounds like a bad idea. I certainly won't get him into Dota. That would be like unleashing a monster. I like <laughs> that. Yeah. I no. I'd get called up by it's like, hi, this is the Hague. We want you in here immediately on war crimes charges. <laughs> like, why did you unleash this hell upon the earth? I was like, tune into his stream. And it's just silent. I'm like, well, I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> He's just too angry for words. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. That happened in oh, Blood I get Bowl. To that point sometimes. That's oh, what happened it, in Blood Bowl. Didn't he just quit like, the league halfway through because he just died yeah, he, too like, much? Yeah, he like just stopped playing. I was like, Jesse, you can't just like not quit the league. Try the, you got it. That's right. He fun. and Gerard. He and Gerard did their game while they drank because they were like, we don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they just like got drunk while they played. Half the team died permanently, so they had yeah. no players left. Yeah, that sounds about right. Jesse's just good. a very competitive person and gets very mad. That's, that's the worst combination because he's bad at every video game just like me <laughs> so if you are a competitive person and bad at video games you turn into the worst person to play with yeah that's why i stick to 1v1s i'm bad at video games and the only person i can blame is myself in a 1v1 if i play with anyone else I'm, i start blaming them and i turn into a monster a i'm terrible beast. at video games but i know that and i tell people going in it's like yeah i am not good at this have fun if I'm if I'm being beaten, I'll I'll say cute stuff about butts, and then you might forgive me. Yay. Yeah, instead of blaming <laughs> everyone else on the team. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's about being bad, knowing that you're bad, and accepting that, mm -hmm. and maybe looking at it as an opportunity to learn. And not a lot of people can really do that, and that's why League of Legends and Dota are some of like the most angry games on the planet, because you've got a lot yeah. of people that think they're better than they really are. Mm -hmm. Oh dear. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we can talk about the limited news there is i'll probably just pass the law to tell me about peter molyneux because as far as i'm aware you're the only interviewer in the last few months not to call him a pathological liar so we'll see what you Hooray! have to say about that one we're watching the cross the podcast don't go anywhere well ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the co-optional podcast for the final hour or so of the show which is supposed to mostly be about news and frankly there's actually not a lot this week i'm gonna be frank Woo. So frank, I franked it twice. <laughs> so a lot of frank. frank. <laughs> I am very frank today. But, uh, oh. All right, I, Laura, I'm going to ask you. Sorry, you're on the show. Mm -hmm. Tell me about Peter That's Molyneux. Right. You're gonna... So there were actually two main interviews that were done with Peter Molyneux. The one that got a lot of attention was the one that led with Are You a Pathological Liar? Which yeah. was apparently a pretty good way of getting people to click it. So well done to him for that. Mm. You did another one. Now, did you do it before or after that one? Okay, so as best I can tell from digging around, I, um, Rock Paper Shotgun did their interview last thing on Wednesday. Slightly after they did their interview, I was offered my interview. I did my interview on Thursday, so I believe it was RPS's interview, followed by mine, and then mine is the last one I'm aware of that was done. Right. And so, this, mm. uh, incidentally, immediately after these interviews, Peter Molyneux has claimed he will never talk to the press again, which mm. we'll see if that uh, lasts. But Yeah, it, it what, wouldn't what, be a... Yeah, go on, sorry. What was, What is your impression of the man? This is the first time I've ever been able to sit down with Peter Molyneux and to have a, a lengthy conversation. And I went in trying to be as cynical as I could because... You know, anyone that's ever heard anything about Peter Molyneux knows you've got to treat him with a huge amount of cynicism. Yes. And even going in, knowing full well, okay, be cynical of everything he says, it is incredibly difficult to come away from a conversation with that man for any length of time and to not start to to want to believe him and to want to trust him and to get 
brought in. He is a very passionate speaker. Um, the impression I get of the man is that he is someone who is, he genuinely, I think he loves to talk about games more than he loves to see them through to completion. Like, I think he's someone who would have been fantastic in another world having gone down like the games critique route. I think that he loves to talk and to be listened to sharing opinions about games. Um, the problem he has, well, yeah, it's, <laughs> the problem he has is he has a lot of wonderful ideas, but so does everyone in the world. And he, he is not very good at assessing whether something is viable before talking about it. He just, as soon as he has an idea, he wants to get it out of his head. And Again, I try to be I try to be cynical about it, but I came away from talking to him feeling like this is someone who genuinely knows he's messed up. Whether that feeling will stick with him long enough to have any kind of impact is a different question altogether, but like it it's very hard to to listen to that man stutter over his words and just honestly he sounded defeated. Like that is the word that I used to sum up talking to him is that I don't know how much of that was down to the last interview before me being the the, the rock paper shotgun where he was and that called was a, a, a pathological one. liar. It's like oh god, god, uh, some who mm. I don't I can't remember who at RPS conducted that, but they seem to really John really Walker, want John Walker. John Walker mm. wants to be Jeremy Paxman in the worst way. Yeah, I'm it's... not sure he has the chops for it. Yeah, well, this is the thing: is I was I was direct with him, but not nearly that direct, and I was kind of amazed that I got the answers that I did out of him and. Having read the RPS interview gave a lot of context to a lot of context to why he answered me the way he did in the interview, I think. Like I get the impression that that RPS interview just left him feeling broken and he just didn't have the fight in him to keep spinning yeah. the rubbish. And it got to that last question. I asked him a very direct question. It was something is something along the lines of yeah, do you think it was fair for someone who makes a lot of promises that don't get fulfilled? to use Kickstarter as a funding model, knowing it's built on promises. Damn fair question. And that you're, yeah, which I thought was a fair and direct question. And just, there was a good 40 seconds of silence and I had to check he was still there before he answered. And he just sounded exhausted and he sounded like he'd had enough. Which again, cynical brain on, like he, it probably won't last, but it's very hard to feel that way when you've heard him sort of choke through his words on, over Skype. It was a very, very difficult interview to come out of. Yeah, that would have been very hard for me to, to give an interview, uh, to, to actually uh, interview someone like that, because uh, the problem is, regardless of everything he's made mistakes on and underdelivered on over the past 10 plus years, this is still the guy that backed Bullfrog. This is still the main mm. guy of Bullfrog that caused many wonderful things like Magic Carpet and Dungeon Keeper and Theme Park to actually happen. Yeah, I'm hugely conflicted on it. Like I, uh, it came away feeling like talking to someone who he's a rarity in this industry. He still mm. has that childlike wonder about the things he creates, and it's a joy to listen to him talk. He's he's a captivating speaker who it is really wonderful, and I I feel really sad. Like if he doesn't talk to press again. While that's probably the best thing for his studio, it feels like a loss in some regards. It feels like we are losing something. Mm. And that's really, it's a weird feeling to be like, yeah, this is for the best. But also that's one less unguarded voice in development. Yes. And, and we don't have many of those. No, we don't. And there are, mm. there are, there are certainly, 
especially with social media being the way that it is right now and the environment being the way that it is right now, I think the willingness of people to speak out and do anything that could be considered even remotely offensive in any respect is limited. And that's that's kind of a shame because, you know, it adds spice and it adds real life to our industry. We We don't want manufactured PR speak for everything. We want people to be able to speak their mind. And... <laughs> Mm. With Molyneux, he just doesn't deliver yeah. ever. I like he. He talked about it like when we when we were having our conversation. He talked about in development you have roads that you try going down, and some of them will lead somewhere, and some of them will be dead ends. Yes. And he put it really well himself. That the problem he has is that he talks about these roads as soon as he sees that they exist. He doesn't try going down them and finding out whether they lead anywhere well, they before he talks work. about them. Yeah. And yeah, right. it's, he, he doesn't make any attempt to test an idea and create a minimum viable like slice and work out whether things are going to be viable or not. If he comes up with an idea, he says it. And like, I think getting Peter Molyneux not talking in the industry is not the ideal outcome in a perfect world. He would have someone like his second in command, Jack Atridge, say to him, okay, these are the things we have tested that you've told us like to try. These ones look like they're going to work. These ones don't. Here's your list of ones that we think are probably good for you to talk about at this stage. They're not finished, but they're probably far enough along that you're safe to talk about them. And to then let him have his passionate speeches about them, because if he could just keep himself that much in line he'd probably still be an asset to have, yeah. I think. It's very difficult. Right. It's mm. What I would love to see from Molyneux is silence for a while and then him release a video game. We didn't know anything mm. about it previously. Out comes a video game out of nowhere, and then he talks about it. Again, like we don't, know, we don't know if he'll stick with it, but he claims that's what he's doing with the new project, which... Yeah, that new thing they're doing. Granted, is... he shouldn't have, like, he shouldn't... I don't think he should have even announced it. Yeah, Goddess isn't done and probably never will be. You know, but yeah, it's what he has said is I've said the name. I'm not going to say any more until it's out. Now we'll see if he sticks with that. I doubt it, but that would be wonderful if he did. I think that's what he needs to do right now. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to stay in the industry and actually be relevant, you know, it's the the curiosity thing was bollocks in the first place, Mm. and then. It's, all we asked him really to make was to modernize Populous, and apparently he couldn't even do that. And mm. it's, and, uh, Goddess isn't even as good as uh, some of the clones of Populous that have come out that weren't yeah. very good in the yeah. first place. And he should be capable of doing this. I don't know. Well, it's it's frustrating that the thing that frustrated me most about it, I think, is he repeatedly talked about like, oh, it's a, we're making a new thing, and it's very difficult to know how long a new thing is going to take to make before you do it, and. Like, I just I just thought, I was like, what is wrong with you? Because any small indie development team that's been in, in games for five years or so, they know, make a minimum viable slice, estimate how long like it would take to reproduce that amount of content X number of times, add on about 50% to another 100% for, like, buffer room in your estimates, then you release, like, that's how long you estimate your game to take. Peter Molyneux's been in this industry for long enough to know how to estimate how long it's going to take him mm-hmm. to make a new populace. He he pretty much like pioneered that genre on PC. He should know better than anyone how long like what amount of this game do I need to make to be able to accurately estimate how long the full project will take. 
Like, you can't be Peter Molyneux and say, I don't know how long a game's going to take to make. Unless, of course, <laughs> yeah. you're obsessed with feature creep the way that mm. Peter Molyneux is, and then you end up half scrapping half your goddamn game for nothing. Mm. <sighs> he depresses yeah. me. Like, his existence and the way that he is in the industry right now is very depressing, because you know, I grew up with his games, so it's really hard to see that mm. happen. But it's, yeah. it's really, Never meet your heroes. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's really hard to see this kind of fall for someone who has created so many interesting and unique video games in the 90s it's really yeah in the 90s well yeah i guess it's it's very tough like i went into that interview expecting it to be very bog standard i was not prepared for what was going to happen there and it was it was a depressing experience to come away from that and be like oh that's now my my picture of peter molyneux is the man who defeated lee told me he was never talking to anyone again and just kind of silently left. Yeah. Oh, mm. dear. Oh, well. That all got very depressing, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> that's really depressing. Yay. <laughs> oh, well. Did anything else happen this week? No, not really <laughs> no. not that much. I mean, uh, GTA then, 5 was, got delayed was, again yeah. for the 15th fucking time, which I don't really mind. Like, I'm I am yeah. under, I'm in no hurry to play GTA 5. I'll play it when it comes out on PC. I've said it before. Mm. I want to play it on PC where it runs at 60, like, you know, a, a 2015 yeah. game should. But <laughs> I don't, I'm not too stressed to play it. But, but heists, right? Heists are coming. Yeah. Finally, uh, maybe. Yeah, sure they are. Okay. Yeah. All right. One day, I, I don't care about the, I've never cared about the multiplayer for that. I'm actually <laughs> really surprised that people care as much as they do about multiplayer in GTA. But I mean, yeah. I was. They, they care. Uh, they care about the heists, which we still haven't seen. But there yeah. was a screenshot, so they're going to happen this time. Honestly. We promise. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, the game's good enough on its again. own, nah. you know, to, to not really even need that. But what annoys me more than anything is they keep giving release dates and then keep missing them. It's like, just don't hmm. give a release date then. If you don't know how, when it's coming out. How close to release date to the new release date were they when they cancelled? Pretty fucking close. Again? Uh, I think it wasn't it like uh, March that they were going to release it in. Um, so yeah, yeah, they were pretty close. Well, yeah. I guess at least at least this time they didn't like a few days before the pushback say that there wasn't going to be a pushback. Mm-hmm. Like they did last time. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> apparently. Uh... Total War Attila is a lot better than Rome Total War. So I'm told. It seems like it's the Napoleon to the Empire. You know, Empire Total War yeah. was a fucking mess. Napoleon was less of a mess. I haven't played Attila. Yeah. I, again, I haven't been playing the, the Total War games because of the whole Sega boycott thing, which is oh, pissing yeah. me off as much as it is other people, I might add. You know, <laughs> Two years yeah. and you still haven't apologized for almost fucking me out of the industry, Sega, and closing 17 other people's channels. And no, I'm not going to shut up about it. <laughs> not gonna happen i will be a thorn in your fucking side until you say sorry it's not that hard i don't care if it takes me five years this is gonna happen yeah oh. but but I, but you are right i'm told that it is better but then again like i i i don't trust total war reviews on launch because people were like oh yeah rome 2 is great no <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> they did the same thing for empire it's like yeah this game's great no it's not have you played this for more than two hours did Attila like, just come out? Yeah, like Attila came out a few yeah. days ago. So I mean, really, you can just go back and play like Medieval Two with the mods. There's like a, there's yeah. a Game of Thrones mod that's apparently really good. There's a Zelda mod which is really great. And there's a, a Warhammer mod. 
Yeah, those mm-hmm. were the days. I, I still think Medieval 2 is still the most fun I've ever had with Total War, i got to admit. Some people yeah, like Rome better, but I think Medieval 2 was cooler. And it's yeah, I like unit diversity. Most. Yeah, it was lovely. Lovely game. A lot of fun. But, uh, oh well. That's sad. Yeah. Well, this is depressing. God, there's got to be some <laughs> good news. Uh, Sid Meier's Starships is announced for a March launch at 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's apparently got some kind of cross functionality with Beyond Earth. Assuming any of you are still playing that, which I imagine a lot uh, of you are no. not. No. <laughs> no. No. Nope. I didn't see the point. I went right back to playing Brave New World. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Shame. I know. Shame. I was waiting for SVU to tell me which game was better than Brave New World, but they didn't tell me. So, sorry. <laughs> A sad state of affairs. But this is uh, this is one of his smaller games. He's done this before. He did it with a game called Ace Patrol, which was actually a ton of fun. It was like a turn-based biplane combat game. And they released that on mobile and eventually came to PC as well. That was actually good. Like, when Sid Meier makes a smaller game with a narrower focus, it actually more often than not works. So I'm interested to see what this is about. And if it's about building starships and fighting, I love stuff like that. It's your jam. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. that's all I've been doing with Star Trek Online for God knows how long, you know. It's, Peter it's... Peter Molyneux should have learned from Sid Meier. Look at him. He just it, keeps, he keeps rolling keeps along. Playing. Yeah, he keeps making good games. Sometimes he messes up with things like Beyond Earth and Civ Revolution, but most of the time... They're not, like, terrible or anything. No, they're not they're just... bad games. They're just not as good And he as... never promises them that they'll be better than they turn out. Yes. He's always yeah. like, well, I'm making a game, play it and see. Well, this game, yeah. it simulates the entire planet down to each individual piece of grass. Oh, wow. <laughs> grass will be integral to the strategy, and each blade of grass will grow differently, ensuring a truly unique experience. Mm-hmm, yes, the FPS grass physics. Indeed. Mm, wow. You will be able to explore everything <laughs> on the planet, everything, down to the last little detail. None of these things are true. I am Peter Molyneux. Even mow your lawn. Mm, yes. That will be a technology you are able to research, lawnmowers. They are plus one happiness for your civilization, but plus minus two productivity for male members of society and or their teenage children. Fortunate. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, um, uh, oh, yes. Well. They're releasing a DLC for Shadow of Mordor, which makes the ending less shitty. Whoa. I did hear about that. It's yeah. called The Bright Lord, because uh, I actually don't have my spoiler overlay. Fuck. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is going to look. Can do the finger? Ba- no, back, back I have the overlay. Full. It's just the, the, it's the wrong size. <laughs> Hang on. Well, let's see what happens if I turn it on. Oh, cool. It actually just puts a... Oh, cool. He's modified it. Nice. Spoiler alert is on. You can put your fingers down now. Thank you. It's okay. Spoiler alert is on. So the end of Shadow of Mordor is a giant fucking letdown. (laughs) The the last boss fight is a big QTE, which is becoming an annoying common theme. Dying light? Fucking Mm -hmm. same difference. Giant QTE. The order, if I recall correctly. Last boss fight. Mm -hmm. QTE. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they're apparently fixing that with the Bright Lord DLC, and there's going to be stuff going on in that. They've they're altering the Nemesis system, and the final boss battle will not be a QTE anymore. And it's kind of weird that they made it a QTE because they actually had some boss fights in that game. In fact, actually, most of that game was boss fights. It was you fighting the Nemesis warlords. They were boss fights. Why the fuck couldn't they make proper ones? Very strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The only quick time event game I've played that I liked is like God of War. 
you know what? Even then, it's not really like a... God of War had some of the most, like, I felt like I had to hit those buttons harder to make it work. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Even opening <laughs> yeah. a chest in God of War was a huge effort. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, because you had to, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you, you felt like you had to really be aggressive with it. For whatever yeah, and in these, it's yeah. just like, hit A, hit A, hit A. Well, for me, if I'm doing quick time event games, I like stuff like Heavy Rain, where at least it's honest about the fact it's QTEs. It's not yes, trying yeah, to masquerade yeah. as something else. It's like, no, yeah, baby, yeah. this is QTEs. You know what you're getting in for. Yeah. Sit back and watch and I maybe agree. take part every now and then. Yeah. Asura's Wrath. Now that's a fucking QTE <gasps> game. For oh, that's oh. a QTE game. Oh, yes. <laughs> you want to punch a planet? Yeah, let's fucking go. I love that game to death. That That is a game where I will accept QTEs because they are the stupidest QTEs in the universe. For the for the exact same reason, I do not mind that the last boss fight in uh, Wonderful One Hundred and One is also QTE heavy. But again, you're doing such huge scale stuff that I don't care. Yeah, I think there's like you can justify QTEs when you go completely off the rails to the point where mm. there's no way the game mechanics could possibly support it. Yeah. But it's when like, why would you have a QTE fight in Dying Light? Dying Light has a perfectly functional combat system. Like there's um, Revengeance does it really well. It uses some QTEs, but the vast majority of Revengeance's amazing final boss fight. Holy shit, that's a good final boss fight. Is mostly you fighting, but you doing the ridiculous stuff like is QTEs, and I'm okay with that. I think you can oh, spice I'm... up a little bit with QTEs. You just don't want to yeah. go overboard. Yeah, press I'm, F I'm to thinking... pay your respects. Press yeah, F to pay the... respects. Oh, God. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all the platinum ones now. Platinum's games, like all of those, end on. QTE boss fights, but they're all such huge scale that yeah, I think they they nailed it. It's if you make it grand enough in scale, people won't mind. Yeah, yeah. Which Someone Shadow Mordor was not. No, it was yeah. not because you fought all this stuff before perfectly fine. It's like, oh well, this guy's slightly too large, so we're just going to make it a QTE. No, 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 no. You no, no, you fought no, no, something no. huge in God Hand. There weren't any fucking. Well, there were. I don't know if you can even like think about the Godhand bosses being a QTE. I don't think so because that game was literally about mashing buttons really fast. That's not a QTE. Yeah. That's you just punching somebody a lot. Mm. That yeah. game. I love Godhand so very much. Okay, I think we can take the spoiler tag down now. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think we're good. Mm. Mm. So that Blood was... Bowl Two's coming soon. Blood Bowl Two is coming soon. Yes, uh, <gasps> I don't know what they they're going to do spring. with that. Mm. We'll see if that's any good. I don't know. I hope so. I played Your a bit of Mordheim. Mordheim seems pretty good. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Isn't it yeah. kind of like Blood Bowl, but well, not Blood it's Bowl? Well, it's another one of those Games Workshop specialist games, and because Games Workshops are the biggest villains in the UK, they abandoned <laughs> it, along with every other interesting game they've ever made, to focus on Warhammer and Warhammer 40,000, the Lord of the Rings battle game that nobody fucking plays. <laughs> so they got rid of Necromunda, Space Hulk, Gorkamorka, Mordheim, Inquisitor, Epic 40,000... And probably some other really cool stuff that I can't. Warhammer Quest is obviously another one there. No, basically seven yeah. specialist games that were really interesting. They said, "Yeah, we're not going to make any of those anymore." So... I can almost guarantee that the reason there's not a lot of info on Blood Bowl Two is because of them being like, "We don't want you to say anything until it's like a week before it launched." <laughs> well, so. that more to the point is like, what is there to say? It's the same game. It's <laughs> yeah. just they're polishing it up and hopefully making it... I mean, the UI for Blood Bowl was designed by a Martian. I'm convinced of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. the hell they were thinking there. Like, it was I really mean... bad at delivering information. It was completely <laughs> inconsistent about what it would warn you about and what it wouldn't warn you about. It let you do yeah. stupid shit. And then some situations is like, are you sure? It's like, yeah, but 
you didn't, you didn't ask me <laughs> if I was sure before I did this. <laughs> yeah. Well, from um, everything I, I've seen, like the graphics look pretty oh, it looks good. good. And, sure, like, but the, I don't care about the graphics of Blood Bowl. I care about it playing yeah. well. You know. Well, I said they redid the multiplayer like stuff and made the tournament system and everything better. And like apparently mm. they took like a whole another year to work on it because it was supposed to come out last year, but then I, they, hear I guess they revamped. You're doing it again. Oh man, the cats, cats are back. What? You're bringing the small one in now. Why did you put it in a tube? <laughs> oh, she's in a oh she's in a cast. I don't well I don't want to pick her up then. I'll buy no, her. No, you can hold her by this. Hold. This is what she's there for. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. Yeah. So so for the flat chested kitten syndrome, she is she's in a cast. Um Hi. She's very small. Uh, I was gonna say she appears to be in a toilet roll tube. What well, what do you think? They don't make stuff like this for cats? Yes. Also, you the won't meows are killing me. She, just, she won't stop. She'll only Meow. shut up if she's given milk. Um, like milk substitute, then she'll stop. Dodger, let's bling it out. Let's make it Meow. out. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Go on, t take her out. She's obviously not happy. She's fine. I don't know. She seems okay, but I never know if she's happy or not because she just constantly meows all the time. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Don't put her on me. I'm just afraid she'll fall. She won't fall. I'm, I'm holding her. Okay. What is wrong with you? Yeah. What's you don't wrong? Know anything about kittens? Uh, no. Damn. We uh, we we haven't had our cats older than that when they arrived. Uh, All right. All right. Say goodbye. Mm -hmm. Bye, go, go give her some of the milk stuff. Why? So she'll stop. <laughs> Say hi to Laura. <laughs> Hi. Okay, take it away. <laughs> yeah, Lord. She she won't shut up. Like the only way she'll shut up is if you give her the milk. Oh, she actually has colic. So that's the reason she meows all the time is because she actually was she had colic. Okay. Uh, it's the exact opposite to my cat. My yeah. oldest cat is fourteen, I think now. Has oh, never wow. meowed. Doesn't mm. meow. What? Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't meow. She purrs like anything, but she, she yeah. doesn't meow. Yeah. She doesn't have a meow in her. So apparently the meowing is because she has something called colic. Um, she, we took her to the vet today to find out if she was okay. She has a something called colic, which uh, I think is like a, it's a lung issue, if I mm. recall correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so it can... Yeah, it's the same. A baby can have it as well. Yeah, and it's it's basically yeah, quite, it's basically that. uncontrolled and crying essentially. Um, it's a similar situation for a cat that can also have it. So yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, she'll she'll get used to it eventually, and she'll hopefully get over it. We have meds and everything, so it is a treatable condition. But uh, yeah, she is adorable. But I'm just scared. I'm scared of holding her. She's so fragile. I'm afraid to yeah. break her. Yeah. That. Yes. All right. Uh, anything else on the news front? Are we really going to end this show half an hour early? Because I don't have anything else to talk about. We can gonna... do uh, releases. We could, but that'll last about five minutes. You know that. We don't have anything uh... controversial. Like, I mean, I, I'm kind of done insulting yeah. Ben Kachera, so I don't really mm -hmm. think I need to do that anymore. But I'm looking. I'm looking for the at the internet, being like, "Internet, did anything happen that <laughs> did we've anything forgotten interesting about?" Happen? It's been just. It's been you know a dry what week. I hate? Things that people like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like those things, and they do like those <laughs> yeah. things. So there's a problem yeah. there. Oh, yeah. wasn't there a game that um, 
was being made and then got cancelled that footage went up of, and I can't remember what that is, and I'm desperately trying to Wasn't find that out what it was. Wasn't Legacy of Kane game that got cancelled? Yeah, there was a Legacy of Kane game that... Oh, great. Now it's even more depressing, because we don't get that game either. <laughs> it's not like Nozgoth oh. is a bad game. I like Nozgoth for what it is. It's just it's not a Legacy of Kane game, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah, I forgot Yeah, Nozgoth there's, there's really game. nothing, yeah. Not much going all, on. All, all the news is just like, Rubbish stat about video game thing. Yes. Arkham Knight got rated M by the ESRB. That was apparently a big enough deal to reach the front page of Reddit. Yep. That's how boring this week is. New World Final Patch. Fantasy. The new uh. World Patch sucks. Like I, I watched um, Maggie do a one-minute rundown of it. I'm like, the biggest feature of this Wild Patch is there's a new mount and there's a selfie feature. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's your six point one. Why would they call you it six point one? The point. The point. Well, they also one... have the new Blood Elf models. Yeah, that, it's nothing. Like, point one and point two and point three, they're usually, like, the big releases where they put out a new tier of rating yeah. and shit. That is really all they did for point one. That's pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, this is depressing. This is depressing. <laughs> oh. I, 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 can, I can tell a slightly, like, tangentially related to video games story if that keeps us going. Sure, uh, why not? Story we, can do. we got Go time. for so it. I, I, at the beginning of the episode, I saw in Twitch chats and people were asking for me to tell a story about my conditional engagement. Okay. So this this is going to be my story. So, All right. um, okay, my partner proposed to me about a week ago. Congratulations! But there's a story to this. Okay. There's a story to this. So she's on the other side of the room eating cheesecake, and when I say eating cheesecake, I mean she's scraping the topping off of the cheesecake just lying in her pajamas on the other side of the room. Okay. And yeah. she just says to me, she's like, you know what? I've been thinking, I really love you. I want to marry you. And I sort of looked at her. I was like, is this a proposal? She's like, yeah, yeah, this is a proposal. So we sort did the of. thing where I gave, we had a hug and it was all very sweet. And then I sort of stopped. I was like, so have you got a ring? And she was like, no, I saw one online for three pound. I didn't, I haven't got it yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, could, could you not have put down the cheesecake to, to tell me this? And she was like, eh, maybe. <laughs> and like, maybe come over to the other side of the room and told me something you liked about me, maybe. She was like, well, I guess. And I turned around to her, I was just like, you know what? You've got a conditional yes. However, spend £3 on a ring, wait a week so you're not spamming weddings, and then propose to me by coming over to me, putting down the cheesecake, and telling me something you like about me. That's your barrier to entry. Okay, so that, <laughs> that's fair. So our, our, our proposal is in early access. Ah, okay. There's <laughs> where it comes into video games. Ah, I see. I told the story. There's <laughs> the connecting point. So we are kind of, I've given her a yes, but it's conditional on her, you know, finishing the updates and patches that are required to get the basic functionality yes. in. And then she gets a full yes. Will she require so, yeah, a Kickstarter she's... for the ring? <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, do? for three pounds, she could probably find that somewhere. I well, hope. that guy needed $10 to make the potato salad. So, you know, yeah, it could turn true. into something. You never know. Who knows? Yeah, I should... can open up a Patreon. What kind, what kind of stretch goals can I do for, for actually just nicer rings? Better I rings. more cheesecake. A ring that, that costs more than three pounds. Yes. And some cheesecake that I can put next to myself so uh -huh. that she'll come yeah. over to me. For the cheesecake to do the proposal. So, ah, right. it's a trap. There we go. That's there it. we ah. go. So, Welcome together. Yeah, that's an ambush. There's a story. I, I took a couple of minutes of everyone's time. Woo. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way, yeah. on your conditional. 
engagement. <laughs> Assuming she, you know, finishes it. But yeah. absolutely, you got to finish it up. <laughs> got to get it patched. I I proposed yeah. to my wife on a World of Warcraft talk show that I was doing. So I mean, oh. it doesn't, get, doesn't get much nerdier than that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Crendor you know proposed to his wife on. Mm-hmm. 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 Ikea. Mm -hmm. In Ikea. Yep. It will be. I can guarantee it. If he ends up in doing Ikea. it, it will be in Ikea. There's no doubt. Uh -huh. No other way. No. Apparently there is not. Ikea is a wonderful place for some reason for you. I don't know why that is. Ikea is an amazing place. I don't, people I, I, underrate. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a maze of depression. Like, if it's I a walk maze in, of excitement and rooms not that you exciting. can sit in and it, get a new experience in every in. single room. You can't room. escape the Ikea. Once you you're inside the Ikea labyrinth, there is no end to it until you find the meatballs at the end of the labyrinth. There may be a <laughs> minotaur in there somewhere. <laughs> that's what the meatballs are in the center and that's why they're there it's yeah. so that you can keep yourself deliciously sustained until you find the way out mm. and they kill the oh, minotaur to make the ribs ah <laughs> that, wait ikea has everybody ribs. Knows. yeah they have ribs That'd they have like good. a food court any good they're all right. all right what have you not had the swedish meatballs at ikea <laughs> of course i've had the swedish, had swedish meatballs, meatballs. Yeah. I've had everything at IKEA. I, I have several have bags of those cake. meatballs. Oh, I have bags of those meatballs in my freezer. They're <laughs> apparently they're made of horse, or at least at one point they were made of horse. I don't care. Yeah, that's that's delicious. Fine. I'm okay with eating yeah. horse. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather you tell me that I'm eating horse, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. just let me know and I'll be okay with it. Probably, mm. I'm okay with eating yeah. various kinds and of animal. If you get an IKEA family card, you get free coffee. Yay. Yes. Yeah. Which I. I don't, I did, last time I was there, I didn't want coffee. I took the coffee cup, filled it with a soft drink. They had no idea. Yeah, come get me, Ikea police. <laughs> Do your worst. So there's one thing that did kind of happen this week, which is, I don't know if it's even interesting, because it's very much League of Legends related, but... We could, I guess, bring just, it up anyway. I'll just mute my mic now. Uh, it's, it's, it's more of a legal <laughs> issue than anything else about streaming. So there's a player in League of Legends called Faker, and he's apparently pretty fucking good because a lot of people oh, I've heard watch of this. him. Yes. So there was a stream setup called Spectate Faker, and it was a bot that plugged into the uh, League of Legends API. And what it would do is when Faker was playing, it would use the in-game spectator system to join the game and spectate Faker from Faker's perspective. And it would only do this when Faker wasn't streaming himself. But Faker, along with, I believe, all of the South Korean Casper hired players, is part of, uh, they're signed exclusively to a Zubu, which is a competing and dodgy as fuck, I might add, probably money laundering evil corporation. And yeah, just saying, thankfully, I'm the US slander laws are uh, pretty loose here. But they, they have, they've already shut down once before and reformed under new management, and no one really knows, seems to know where Zuba's money is coming from, but they're offering large signing bonuses and basically monthly cash to people who stream on their platform who are big esports players. The problem is nobody actually wants to watch us on a Zubu because everyone watches on Twitch because a Zubu is frankly not that great and really doesn't yeah. like it. The only, they're buying publicity, essentially, by hiring these players. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where things get dodgy. Because Azubu sent a DMCA request to shut down the Spectate Faker stream. The problem is they don't have any right to do that. Because while they have exclusivity over Faker's stream, this isn't Faker's stream. This is them using yeah. the in-game Spectator client that anybody can use to stream a first-person... I wouldn't even call it first-person view, it's a camera-locked view of this guy. 
So they send a DMCA request, shut it down, and then the, that's where the shit hits the fan. So he counterclaims it because Azubu has no fucking right. And then Azubu claims that Faker and his team want the thing shut down, but they can't produce actual evidence that Faker ever said this. Like, there is no evidence of that. They just <laughs> yeah. claim that he did, and probably did so under duress as well, because Azubu probably went to Kesper and said, what the fuck? And then Kesper went to SKT1 and said, what the fuck? And then SKT1 went to Faker and said, you gotta say this, because reasons. So the situation right now is that the Spectate Faker stream has like come under fire from these guys, Riot has come in, and the, I think it was the COO of Riot, or because yeah. I think he calls himself Trindamir is his like main yeah, name. Yeah, Trindamir. He went as far okay. as to say that the stream constituted e-stalking and harassment, which makes no sense because they're using the spectator client that Riot put into the game in the first place, and the, yeah. the stream has Literally no interaction. Anyone could do that. Yes. Is the there any yeah. explanation at all as to how that's the None. case? Zero. Uh, no, he didn't explain the comment whatsoever. Like anything using the spectator client, like you're stalking this guy person. Stalking? You're it's like your spectator like, client allows this to happen. Like it, it's all, that's the point of it. Yeah. And uh, it's like, the, the here's the thing that I've got with it, right? Like I, there's a couple of things. Firstly, Riot could solve this very easily by allowing you as a player to select an option which would disable the ability to lock a camera to you in the spectator mode and follow you around. So yeah. if pro gamers really wanted people not to spectate them that way and only wanted them to watch their stream, they'd have the way to do it. Very simple technological change that would solve all of this without any of the stupid drama, which is mm -hmm. stuff I've been saying to Twitter for years and they don't fucking listen either. It's like, hey, you want to stop harassment? Here's a bunch of ideas that would help implement at least one of them. Just one. You know, that would make mm. things better. Do they? No. Mm. No, they don't. But so that's that drama. And then, yeah, I mean, it's it's all like the community got up in arms and things like that. And the other thing I would say is like, look, if Azubu can't bring people in, that's their own fucking problem. And that and what they're doing is anti-competitive. If they're being beaten by a stream that literally does nothing more than spectate someone through a spectator view, there's something wrong with the original stream because it's yeah. not bringing in the people. Why aren't yeah. people going to Azubu? It's not because of yeah. that. It's because people if, don't like Azubu. Yeah. Well, that's it. If, if people care enough to want to see this particular streamer do it, surely if your service was halfway decent and people wanted to hear that streamer, they'd go to your service. Like The fact that there is extra content on your service and people will not make the effort, that's a really bad sign. And I don't think any amount of money you throw at it is going to long-term fix that problem. Mm -hmm. No, no, it won't. And it will also burn your uh, your relationship with the community, which Azubu already had a bad reputation to begin with. So now it's yeah. got an even worse fucking reputation. <laughs> it's, a, it's a silly situation. But I mean, what annoys me most is the Riot guy coming out and saying something that goddamn stupid, especially in the current yeah. environment. Harassment yeah. is a very charged term right now, and you probably shouldn't be using it for things that aren't harassment. You know, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's It just causes fights. So I, I'm not, mm. I'm not keen on him doing that. And the idea of e-stalking, is that's a thing that exists, but it's not what you're describing it as. No, not at all. E yeah, e-stalking in terms of hey, I'm going to use the internet to stalk you. That's one thing. That to happens. be like, hey, here is a this in-game character that is already being streamed on Azubu. 
we're letting you watch it somewhere else. Oh no, people are going to find out where he is in the game. <gasps> Which oh, no. they already knew anyway because they yeah. can follow you through the game functionality. Mm. Uh. Yeah. <sighs> so that's dumb. Video, <laughs> Video games. What are you Video doing? Games. What's wrong with you? Well, they're trying to make a business out of it and they're fucking up in the process, apparently. That's the way to go. They announced the new League of Legends champion. He's the bard. He's a bard? He's a bard. His name is Bard. Oh, he's called Bard? His name is literally Bard. Oh, okay. (laughs) Is he also a a bard, though? (laughs) He's the wandering caretaker. Really? Does he do cool things? Uh, His E lets you make a portal through the, like, world That's so like body thing well like he like sets a portal so like you can portal through the wall creating like a tunnel but everybody can use it not just you like even the enemies can use it and then his ultimate freezes people I don't know, he, he has like he a big horn small spirits known as meeps yeah <laughs> meeps. they're actually called meeps yeah they are that is he kind of looks like a spirited away guy he does, he actually. The, the spirited yeah. away face. Yeah. Very much so. That's very Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Hmm. So that's a that's thing. Cool. That's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, the, the top-rated comment is some Studio Ghibli vibes from this guy. Like, yep. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yep. this guy looks a lot like that, actually. Uh, yeah, he looks yeah. Uh, something like... Oh, that, that didn't work out. Oh, there we go. There you go. Vast majority of Riot champions are based on... Things. On like, Studio Ghibli, <laughs> all of them, <laughs> just somehow. It's <laughs> all based on Studio Ghibli. Like half the League of Legends champions are like based on like Shen's, like Shredder from Ninja Turtles, like, yes. stuff like that. That is true. Yeah. All right, let's do releases, shall we? Because I'm just thoroughly depressed now. I want to hear about good <laughs> yeah. video games. Woo! Please tell me there's some coming. Sure. Okay. Today, February 24th, there came an Echo came out on PC. Yes, there did come about. an Echo. In fact, the Echo has come and gone, perhaps. Wow. Undernight in Birth X Late for PS3. What? That's, that is the worst title for a video game I've ever seen. What is this? Undernight in Birth. Oh my gosh, it came up. It was well, like it's a anime, thing. obviously. Oh, it's anime. Yeah. <gasps> oh, it's developed by the people that made Melty Blood. Interesting. Melty Blood. Melty Blood. It's a yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. That's a game name. Yep. That Melty Blood is a game name. It's a fighting game. Oh. Anime fighting game. Also, one yeah, of the developers of is. is named French Bread. I shit you not. Have some Melty Blood in your French Bread. Oh my god. I love it. Yep. That's anime. I yep, assume it's a fighting that. game. Looks like it. Yeah. This is. Yep. Okay. This um, is a lot of anime. <laughs> This next one, I don't even know how to say it, so I'm just gonna. Okay, it's. Oh, we H- found a worse name game. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Okay, it's H T O capital L hashtag capital N I capital Q colon the Firefly Diary. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? <sighs> there's, a, there's a flash oh my God, it game came up. you can play. What does, what does it stand for? Um, uh, there's a review on Destructoid. What does it say? Oh. It was originally in Japan called Hitaro no Niki, and it was stylized as HTOL hashtag NIQ. Uh, the story should... begins in December 31st, 9999, so pretty much in the future then. When a young amnesiac yeah. girl by the name of Mion awakes at the bottom of a dark ruin within a desolate world. Uh, Alright, so... Uh. 
it's made by NIS America. It yeah, looks pretty. So. I'll give them that. It's actually a... Yeah, it's a cool art style. Yeah. You can do things with it. That you can control a Firefly with the front touch screen and the Shadow Firefly with the rear touchpad. <gasps> you can switch between two worlds at will. This actually sounds a lot like Fractured Soul, funnily enough. Did Destructoid like it? Destructoid, I write for them, I'm plugging them. Did they like it? Let's say They gave something. it a Fold 6 out code. of 10. Mm -hmm. uh, so not very much then. They said it's all right. Well, that's obviously a very accurate opinion because it's from Destructoid.com. Oh, wow. Uh, Silicon Era <laughs> says it's a good example of artificial difficulty. Like, apparently it's uh, difficult for no apparent reason. Oh, I see. Uh, mm. That's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. There's a free mini game you can play on their website. Go crash it. There you go. Next. Uh, next. Oh up my is... god! Another stupid name. Yeah, this, this one's definitely another anime game. Hyper Devotion Noir, Goddess Blackheart for Vita. So, is this connected in any way to the Hyper Dimension Neptunia ones, where it's all the anthropomorphic game consoles? It, is this anything to do it with that? It looks a bit like it. I got I like the. I'm just looking at the cover art, and it looks kind of Hyper Dimension Neptunia, but it I does. Don't... It has the same vibe. Is it by the same company? Well, there appears to be an anime girl in some sort of hyper, um, I wouldn't say sexualized, it's more cybernetic swimsuit. I'm not really sure. Does, oh, she has giant hair. Her, are there any D-pads on their costumes anywhere? Um, I mean, it kind of uh, looks yes. like there are. One, gr one girl does have, yeah. Okay, so, that's fine. I have correctly understood my anime game titles. Hooray. Nice. Yeah, well done. I couldn't have got that one. It, it's got good reviews, actually, but I'm just not... It's a, it's a tactics JRPG, apparently. Oh, good. The, the only reason I got that is I used to write for a UK games magazine, and I was the person that re reviewed the all anime. of their terrible anime games. Okay. So oh, I've spent too much job. of my life devoted to terrible anime games. Yeah, but it is, it is a Neptunia <laughs> game. In fact, they think uh, some people think it's the best Neptunia game so far. It's apparently a, a, a tactics game. Someone cuts off the source of the four CPU's powers, their shares, to save their world. They're thrust into a state of chaos. To bring the Gamarket together under one single unified banner. I anime That could be the plot to any one of those games. Anime. Basically, the, the, that series, all of the games are just vaguely themed around the games industry. And it's like, oh, it's Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sega for some reason. They're I competing <laughs> repeatedly. Anime. Anime. Yeah. Anime. Animu. Animus. Yeah. Next bullshit. up is... Resident Evil Revelations 2, Episode 1 for PS4. Well, that going episodic's a little bit weird, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know this was episodic till right now. It is. And that's disappointing. Apparently Patrick Klepek does not like it, and he's, a, he's pretty big in Resident Evil. He was waxing lyrical about the remake for weeks, and oh. he's saying that uh, it's not very good, unfortunately. Uh, Limbo. Came out for PS4, which is oh, a port. Okay, that's right. Uh, yeah, Star Wall came out for PS4, which is also oh, a port. Oh, is that the uh, is that the narwhal? The narwhal space narwhal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that narwhals. game so much. Narwhals, narwhals swimming in the ocean. Swimming in the ocean, causing a commotion. Trying to sing over Skype doesn't work. It doesn't. No. We're all <laughs> on different sides. We usually that. just ruin it completely. <laughs> Next. Uh, last up today is Desert Ashes for PlayStation Vita. Well, Vita's certainly getting a lot of things. I wonder if this is yet another anime game. Like, if you like anime, holy shit, you should get a Vita. Yeah, right? 
if you like indie games that are already out on PC as well, because that is the entire rest of the year for Vita, is just PC indie game ports. Which is not necessarily bad, but... Um, so this game looks like a yeah. weird version of Advance Wars with very strange characters. There's like what yeah. appear to be elephants who are attacking uh, cybernetic Cerberi. Uh, those are rabbits, I think. Uh, it's it's actually on Steam. It has very mixed reviews. Apparently, the, the main problem is it's super rock, paper, scissors, and the AI is dumb, and it's grindy and boring. So that's a bit of a problem. Oh. So there you go. Desert <laughs> Ashes. Perfect. All right. Tomorrow, Resident Evil Revelations 2 for PC comes Yay. out. Yay! Uh, Homeworld Remastered Collection. Genuine yay! That's a good uh, video game. Buy that. <laughs> Oddworld New and Tasty for PC. I have a slight story about Oddworld New and Tasty, the PC version. Go on. So I've had the PC port for like a week, and mm -hmm. I encountered a problem with it, and that was that it was detecting a, a joypad when I didn't have one plugged in, so it was giving me all the wrong tutorial messages. So a few days ago, they implemented what they called the Total Biscuit Patch, which fixed that. <laughs> so don't worry, guys. I fixed your Oddworld for you. It should be okay. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play too much of it. Uh, it's, a, it's a 2D platformer. No, it doesn't have field of view <laughs> sliders, you jackass. They should have just put them in and just be like, you can use them and it doesn't oh, do anything. It's just there. That that meme got old three years ago. <laughs> I just want to point that out. <laughs> we already saw the t-shirt on it. It's done. It's done. You'll never get old. No, you already <laughs> did. Uh, airships Conquer the Skies for PC comes out. Build a custom airship. Shoot the other dude. That's what Yay. that game's all about. It's in 2D, and it looks kind of like Terraria, only more rubbish. But it does have airships, which is something that Terraria does not have, to the best of my knowledge. So there you go. Perfect. Next up is Isbara for PC, which I do not know anything about. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about Isbara. Isbara game. It's a cross-genre bullet hell and platformer, apparently. It's a bullet hell! Yeah. It's a hardcore 2D <laughs> game. Hey. Guess what I'm not playing. <laughs> Combination of two of my least favorite genres in one game. I, I, I'll avoid that. Uh, next up is Deadly Profits for PC, which Ooh, I also don't know anything about. That's my favorite about. kind of profit, a deadly one. What's that all about? What, deadly the, the religious the leader or the money? Genre. It's the money. World, world, oh. three world it's in early access. Falling. It's coming out of it tomorrow. It's uh, it rogue. looks... It uh, doesn't look good. No. <laughs> uh, you don't think it looks it's good? It's one... This one UI crafting screen looks like someone vomited on a UI. Wow. Thing. That's because the actual in-game <laughs> footage appears to be like first-person dungeon crawling and fighting things, which actually looks kind of cool. Although it appears you only seem to have one attack, which is a fireball. I assume there's another one somewhere. It might be a less good ziggurat. Oh, the crafting say... screen looks like a hidden object game. That's yeah. interesting. What oh. the fuck is that? So I said it looks like someone vomited on it. I'm if not, it is it, anything like Ziggurat, just play Ziggurat. Because uh, Ziggurat's good. Oh, no, I'll have a look at this. I think I'll have a look at this. This um, mm -hmm. might be okay. But yeah, it, it, it's apparently in the rogue genre, so it might very well be kind of Ziggurat-esque, but we'll see. Uh, next up is called A Good Snowman is Hard to Build for PC. Um, oh, my God. Um. <laughs> a good snowman is hard to build. I, I know one thing about this game, and okay. that is um, they're currently doing a pricing promotion, or they have one set up, which is they're going to be setting the price based on the temperature in London each day. What? So the colder the, colder the weather, what? the cheaper the game. What? That That's is... amazing. So if, if it goes as low as one degree Celsius, it will be one pound to buy. 
I, I I'm gonna show I'm gonna show you guys trailer footage of this thing. Look at this. This is uh, that's amazing. This is literally about building snowmen. It's a puzzle. It's a puzzle it's game about this amorphous kind of blob mm. thing, which is attempting to build a snowman. It's actually quite a game. Really cool. Yeah. I played a very short demo of it at some event last year, and it's really good. It's really sweet. It's a very nice looking game. I've not seen it in months, but it looked good when I yeah, saw it. It's really good. It does remind me very much of the base. Those that tower is it the Tower of Babel game where you're stacking the, the different uh, mm -hmm. size things on top of each other. It seems like a kind of variant of that. There's also a function which allows you to sleep on a park bench. Which <laughs> <laughs> is what yeah. games complete without that. <laughs> Indeed. What else we got? Uh. Okay, uh, sorry, I was watching the footage. I was just enwrapped. <laughs> Superbike TT for PC. Okay, I imagine Super that's bike. about motorbikes. Superbike. Yeah. Next. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I don't care about motorbikes. Next. <laughs> a Druid's Duel for PC. A game of strategy and mischief, apparently. Well, it's got, that's got a really nice art style. I hope that oh, the well. actual game has that art style. It does. That is pretty. That's very pretty. Uh, oh, and behind him, he's got a bunch of board games. So it seems like it's kind of, it's almost like a board game. It is a chess-like battle of wits featuring shape-shifting druids and an ever-changing game board. And it just barely got kickstarted. He only asked for seven grand and he only barely got it. So I, is there any footage of this that I can show you? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> hang on. There's got to be some. Ah, launch trailer. Lovely. There we go. That should do the trick. Yeah, have a look at this. It looks It's a, The art style's almost Magicka-esque. Hmm. This looks really pretty, actually. I'm going to play this. Absolutely. That, and I mean, how many games do you get which are full of druids? Not many. Yeah. Druids are fun-loving people. It's... They say it's set in a world of Celtic lore where players can create and destroy the board by harnessing the power of the nature. You can turn into bears and literally eat three druids at once. Whoa. That's they have a really Twitter. Cool. I'm going to tweet at them. Great. <laughs> I'm, I'm all yeah. over druids duel. I'm going to have to find this. This is out tomorrow. I'm going to get a hold of this one. This looks good. Ooh. Something to do with my day tomorrow. Hooray. Lovely. Yeah, play with some druids. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. All right, what's next? Next, um, on the 26th, we have Enemy for PC. Uh, God, finding footage of that's gonna be fucking fun. You called your game Enemy. I'm not gonna be able to find anything for that. Enemy game. I looked. It all it just brought up Enemy Front, which is not the same thing at all. Oh, enemy goodness. brings Eni up... Enemy February 26th, is that worth searching? Uh, <laughs> enemy March the 12th, according to this. So it looks like we didn't even get the date right. It is a... The video games you played as a kid mashed together and remade into a tactical role-playing game is apparently what Enemy is. Oh, it's a Kickstarter game. Yeah, it's a weird mix of graphic styles as well. I don't know what to make of this. There's apparently an open world of some sort. It's inspired by XCOM. And there's permadeath in it. And there's block building. I have no idea what this game is. At all. I, I'm watching the trailer right now and I'm none the wiser. <laughs> I'm having a look. I don't understand what's I going have on. I have no it's... idea what this is. Some people were obviously excited about it. It is a video game that we know. <laughs> it is. Possibly. Not sure what kind. Okay, next. Next up is Coffin Dodgers for PC. Dodgers. Well, that's something you've got to play. <laughs> there you go. It's a name that's similar to your name. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this is either. Coffin Dodgers game.com. 
Is, hang on, this is by well, it's Milky, a racing game. This is by Milky T. It, it's a racing game. Race in peace. Except oh, there's no God. peace involved in it because apparently there's a grandmother <laughs> with a chainsaw involved to some degree. Oh my God, I see. It's old people. You can pimp your scooter. <laughs> yeah, it is literally old people and the Grim Reaper racing each other on carts. <laughs> scooters! There are customizable scooters. You can pimp your scooter with awesome weapons. And a stunning 3D open world gameplay environment with multiplayer gameplay experience. It's got a nice website. Looks like it was designed it on Squarespace, actually, our sponsor. Oh, um, my. It's possible. It's developed by Milky Tea. Milky Tea, I've heard that name before. Why do I know Milky Tea? What did they make? They made... Uh... Milky Tea This Studios. is not in any way easy. This is, website doesn't work the way that it should at all. <laughs> this one wasn't made on Squarespace, that I can guarantee. They've apparently worked... No, it wasn't. They're an agency. What? What? I don't understand what the hell's going on with this. Wait, it says Milky Tea Studios, though. Yeah, these are the same guys. Like, are they publishing this thing, or did they're an animation studio that apparently has made a video game for some reason? I said. Uh, uh, um, well, that's a strange thing. <laughs> okay. Well, now we know about this All thing. All right. There we go. All right, next. Uh, next up is Night Mysteries, the Amphora Prisoner for PC. Amphora sounds like a prescription drug, I've got to admit. Is this about <laughs> being a, a prisoner to prescription drugs in Big Farm? Oh, God, it's on Big Fish. That means oh. it's oh, a yes. hidden object game. That yep. means it's real good, everybody. Big oh. Fish has thousands of these things. Yep. Well. Okay, right. We know it's a hidden object game. I think we don't need to know anything else. Next. All right. Next up is Nexus One Core for PC. That was greenlit quite recently, if I recall correctly. It's an action arcade game. It is... Sorry, I've skipped my splash. 30 seconds. It's in space, mm. but not. It... It's like a... You, it's a runner, I think. You just kind of yeah. you, you fly your little hovercraft thing through a, a bunch of obstacles that are trying to kill you. That appears to be the essence of it. You can also wow, that's new and innovative. Oh, but you can split your craft into two parts, which can all, both go in different directions, which is kind of neat. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, fair enough. Next, there's a lot of shit. Next up is yeah, oh. a ton. Next up is Dragon Ball Xenoverse for PC. <laughs> It's a fighting game that is apparently in the uh, Budokai series, I believe. They're trying to reboot the Budokai series, which right. was apparently quite good, but I know nothing about I Dragon Ball Z. I love the Budokai games. They're super fun, I thought. You could punch people into mountains, which is not something you can usually do in video games, so I do appreciate that. It's true. But Dragon Ball, I don't know anything about that. But you pass Need for Madness. Yeah, which I googled, and the oh, first result is Miniclip. What? It's on Miniclip. What's that and website? Thing with Do you, this was a website I used to play flash games on in like the early two thousands and haven't thought about in probably a decade. Oh, interesting. It's, it's on there. Oh. <laughs> There's a bunch of race cars, and one of the race cars is an X-wing. What? Mm -hmm. That? It's, a, it's an X-wing. Plain sure. madness. <laughs> Win yeah. the race by finishing it in first place. That that would be how racing games generally work. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, next. Ironfall Invasion for 3DS. It's a third-person shooter for the 3DS. It is. Mm. Apparently, it's, uh, it's a good looker, but it doesn't really do much else. So there you go. 
next up on February 27th, we, we have really Black done Hole this earlier in the PC. show. There's a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. that's what I was saying, man. Oh. A, this is a pretty looking game, actually. It's a, it's a platformer. Yeah. It looks quite quite pretty. There's, there's some rotation yeah. mechanics in here. There's some logic puzzles, which means I'm going to fail miserably at that. And you can float around the place, and it's in space! Hmm. Okay, cool. Next up is King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited Match for PC. You know, I have a feeling that's coming a little bit late. <laughs> Don't know where I got that from. A little bit. Hmm. All right, then. Well. Uh, next up is Numa Breath of Life for PC and Xbox One. It apparently forces you to think outside the box through a narrated story of self-discovery whilst exploring the ontological mystery of the Breath of Life, featuring wow. award-winning voice actor Jay Britton as Numa. It apparently also has Oculus Rift support on PC. It's fucking pretty. It's really, really pretty. That's, I can see a picture of an archway and that... I was like, oh, no, that's not a photo. That's that's, that's actually the game. Uh, but oh, I am a little concerned that this may actually not be a video game and it might be a walking simulator. I don't know. Uh, yeah. To be fair... If I had an Oculus Rift, I would certainly play the hell out of this walking simulator. <laughs> I, looking at how yeah. pretty it is, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. This yeah. is this is a damn nice hey, looking. That's a genre simulator. that could benefit greatly from Oculus Rift. Yeah. Like if you're looking for full-on immersion, what better way? That is a is Particularly a pretty. Particularly if game. you can, yeah, if you can make these your arches look like these arches, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk through I'll your walk arches. Through there appear to be puzzles involved in some way, though, so... Hooray, puzzles! Yeah, it has video <laughs> games in my video games, so that's important. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, next up is Ascent, the space game for PC. The only one, by the way. The only space <laughs> game. There are no more space games. Ascent is the space game. I... Oh, it was on Kickstarter. It appara oh, God, it has 270 billion star systems. Yeah, that's going to go well. Uh, <laughs> it was on Kickstarter. It is a space game. It is a space, space game. It, game, if you will. It is not a good-looking space game. It uh, but it like lets you fly. You can fly onto planets in this thing. It looks very 2000-esque. Yeah, but, it does. Mm, I don't know how well this is going to be, uh, but especially in a world where Elite Dangerous exists. But mm. there's, it's ambitious. I'll give it a shot. I don't know. We'll oh. see. Uh, next up is Bard to the Future for really? PC. Really? Yeah. We're calling it that? Bard, Bard to the Future is a side-scrolling 2D platformer which follows a medieval battle bard as he finds a time machine, meets two LARPers, and ends up in a crazy race against time, a time-traveling cyborg pirate to discover yeah. a lost treasure. This game is hideous. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh god, it, this is uh, this is one of the games on the list of like five thousand eight bit inspired indie platformers that I get sent every week and just want to kill myself mm. over. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Bard to the future, you look terrible. Next, uh, the next one I think is is a point and clicky thing. Pahelica Revelations HD for PC. I think it's an old game. Well, if it's an HD remake, I imagine it is. When you look it up, you're going to be like, oh, yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> it, it, was on, it was on the App Store at some point. I know that. Yeah, it's it's a puzzle-based point and click, basically. Yeah. All right, next. Hecobomb for PC. Wow. It's, as opposed to Hellabomb, this is Hecobomb. Not just Hellabomb, it's, <laughs> it's Hecobomb. Wow, it's a space game. It is a space game of some description. It's a twin-stick shooter, is what it is. 
All right. Yeah, that looks like asteroids. Okay. Uh, Tales of the Orient, the Rising Sun for PC. Okay. It's a big fish games game. Oh no! It's it's a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a yeah it's a hidden object game. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. We need to start filtering those out of the list. <laughs> it's getting a bit silly. All right. Uh, We're almost at the end, guys. We promise. Two left. <laughs> um, Oblitus or Oblitus for PC. This game is going to be really difficult because Adult Swim published it, so you know it's a bitch. Oh, yeah, I love Adult Swim You know Swim it's games. out to murder yeah. your face and make you miserable. It's a, oh, uh, I, We were talking about this. Uh, Co Carnage got uh, on the Dropped Frame show. I think it was Ezekiel got offered this game. Apparently, it's a really hard game where you have a spear. They actually did a. They wanted to offer him a brand deal where they challenged him to beat the first four bosses for money, basically. Uh -huh. That's how they wanted to promote the game on Twitch. It actually looks pretty interesting. Yeah, it does. Mm, cool. It's coming out on the 27th. All right. And last up, the Thank Dark God. Stone from Mibara for PC. <sighs> that sounds like one of those dodgy erotic fantasy novels that are marketed primarily towards 50-year-old women that have just the oiled-up version of... It's, it's Fabio, let's be honest. This game is mm. Fabio. It looks like a game that I could make. Why exactly, when I search the Dark Stone from Maverick, is the only thing I get Shakira photos? Literally. <laughs> the only thing I'm getting is Shakira photos. Mabara, not Maverick. Oh, did I? Oh, I put an extra K on there. Okay, that seems like that might be why. All right. It is set in 1924 Massachusetts. The trailer, uh, it is a. Uh, this looks like it was made in RPG Maker. I'm going to be honest. That's why I said oh, it looks like I can I make it. I can guarantee yeah. you, I recognize these sprites. I've used <laughs> these tiles in RPG mm. Maker. The trailer also uses default titles from Adobe Premiere. I know because I've used them in the past. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah, default. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm looking at the battle system. This is the default battle system from it's RPG, an RPG Maker. Maker yeah. Did this get green? Yeah. How the yeah. fuck did this get on Steam? Oh, because Kiss Limited published it. That's fucking why. <laughs> oh, God. Kiss. What's Kiss oh, Limited? Of, they are one of the worst publishers on Steam. They they published some good stuff like Lifeless Planet, which was pretty cool, but they also published a metric ton of shit. <laughs> so that's apparently <laughs> how it got on. Oh, my. Uh, Anta Ray, we're done. Woo. Woo, we did it. Yeah. Over, over half the games that they published have overwhelmingly negative ratings on Steam. I shit you not. That's who I should publish my game with. Apparently so. Yes, mm. they're, they're not well liked. Cool, we're at the end of the show. Thank God. Yay. That actually took longer than we expected. For, for, we managed to stretch that one out considering there was no news whatsoever, didn't we? Well done, well done. Well done, folks. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, plug our stuff and uh, demand money. Laura, why don't we start with you? Demand money from the audience. Where can they find yeah. you? Yeah. You, you can find me by going to Twitter at Laura K Buzz. That's where I tweet about all of the ridiculous number of weird projects I do. If you like the stuff I do, patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. That's where you can give me money to make videos about butts and stuff like that and to podcast about It's butts a limited and, niche. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the butt niche. I swear I talk about butts. So, yeah, there's another... Oh, yeah, I should probably say, go to destructoid.com tomorrow and you will see a new video about the butts of the Zelda series that I was making today. So, Very important. Yeah, yeah. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter and Patreon. That's where my stuff is. Fantastic. Yay. Dodger, what's coming up this week? What's going on? Uh, hi, everybody. I have Press Start to Continue, where we are going to continue with the broken 
busted game that is Lucius 2. Oh, you're actually persisting with that thing. Oh, God. So the most recent episode, look, everybody got really angry because I didn't equalize my volume. Fair. Totally fair. Because I freaked out and I screamed a little <laughs> and everybody threw their headphones across the room or headsets. Anyways, but there were like two layers of audio happening at the same time where it was like... <laughs> Like, I was in an elevator, but things that should have been happening in other sides of the... And, like, overlapping music. That game is so broken. It's a, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to go watch that. We're also still dating birds. Finishing oh, you're still birds. doing the, yeah. the bird dating sim. Yeah. Uh, well, ho Holiday, Holiday Star has all of these little extras that are, like, five-minute dates. Five-minute bird dates. So, uh. been doing all the five-minute bird dates. And Krender and I... Have almost touched uh, Shy Guy's butt in Realistair, so yeah. go check that out. And we just got Derek left. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just Derek, that Derek. asshole. Derek! <laughs> Derek. Um, I also have YouTube.com slash Dexterity Bonus. It is currently on hiatus in terms of coffee time, but I am putting up like videos every now and then that are not coffee time, so feel free to go check that out. And on all the social medias, I'm at Dexbonus, D-E-X-B-O-N-U-S. I would love to have you. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Crendor, yeah. what's coming up on your channel this week? Alright, well, on my channel, I've been uploading the co-optional lounge bots. Yes, because none <laughs> of our other hosts can figure out how to use XSplit properly, apparently. That's fine with me. I get all the views. Yeah, then. he gets all the views uh, from the damn show now! <laughs> uh, I started playing the final Warcraft 3 campaign thing. I've played the Reign of Chaos, the Frozen Throne, the Rexar campaign, and everyone's like, there's the demo left where Thrall finds Senjin. And I'm like, fine, I'll play that. So I'm playing that. It's only like <laughs> two hours or whatever, but whatever. I've uh, been playing H1Z1 Battle Royale a lot. I've got second place twice. I still haven't won, though. Uh, I play with Sam and Gmart a lot, mainly Gmart. And we like to do the Rick Grimes thing. We're like, Coral, take Michonne and get out of here, Coral. And we just do that, like, the entire thing. Like, pick up people. We're like, Coral, I'm going to ask you three questions. And they're just like, what What am I doing? What? what? And they just get really confused. It's great. See, for that, you go to twitch.tv slash Crendor, where we have a whole bunch of fun and live streaming. Played freestyle basketball for a while, but that's kind of calmed down. And, uh... one was rejoicing as a result. <laughs> so, yeah, twitch.tv slash Crendor, youtube.com slash Wacrendor, facebook.com slash Crendor, twitter.com slash Wacrendor, Wacrendor.com, your place to go to all of the things. You can go there, you can buy my shirts. We're working on a new mug. Mugs going to be great. Yellow swag. I see. Good. Right. Uh, so, this week. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, it's a chemo week, so not much content. I probably will, after this show, be working on my There Came an Echo video. Which, half of it is literally going to be me shouting, Wesley, shoot this guy. So, that should be interesting to watch. I will have to... It's going to be a weird one, because I'm going to do one... I'll do one level where I'm just doing the voice commands, they I'll do another level which I pre-record, and then I'll post-commentate it, because otherwise it's just not going to work. <laughs> like, it's a voice command game! How the hell am I supposed to commentate while voice commanding? The answer is you can't. We'll do the wrong <laughs> thing. But, yeah, so that's how I'm going to make that video, and I'm hopefully going to make it tonight. I am involved in a charity Hearthstone tournament. We're raising money, and I'm probably going to lose horribly, but I'm going to try my best for the charity anyway. And I think that's happening this weekend, if I recall correctly. It is called the Lord of the Arena tournament. I'm playing, and uh, people like the Odd One from TSM are playing, Guardsman Bob is playing, and a bunch of other people who are probably much better at Hearthstone than I am, but I'm going to play anyway and see what happens. 
and the optional uh, VOD will obviously be up on Thursday on my channel, but uh, as I said, it's a chemo week. I only have two two more chemo sessions left, so once that's finished, I can make more content, which will be nice. But outside yeah. of that, I'm probably just going to be sleeping and being grumpy. So that's, Yay! Just, how, that's just how it's going to be. And That's a god be, of the ordinary. Yep, and have <laughs> my tongue burned by everything and all sorts of other random horrible ass side effects that happen. Oh, thank God, there's only two left. Uh, another one tomorrow. Anyway, uh, aside from that, I we do have a new... There's going to be a new episode of Pro Gamers versus Old RTS. Our Korean pro gamers will be playing uh, Stronghold Crusader against each other. So they're going to Ooh. be building castles That's and then blowing game. them up. It is a good game, so... Yeah, I think that that should hopefully be enjoyable. And otherwise, I'm buying a bunch of board games, which I'll probably never play. Although I do need to re read up on the rules of Battlestar Galactica again to remind me how to play it. Oh, yeah. uh, we sh probably playing it this weekend. We Again, we'll reschedule the show most likely because I know Jesse's out of town. We'll probably shoot for the weekend for Battlestar. I'll let you know closer to the time as to when we're going to play it. And hopefully we will actually be able to play it on Tabletop Simulator and not fuck it up. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> But if we a, do, it'll probably be funny. I hope so. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Cylon mechanic is very entertaining, so I hope it will be good. I have no idea what's going to happen with that game. It'll be very interesting to see how you guys manage it. All right, folks, thank you very much for watching the show. As always, you have been a fantastic audience. Do remember to check out the newest core optional animated, which can be found on YouTube.com slash CynicalBrit. That went up a few days ago. It's all about Dodger's desire to murder her boyfriend. So you yeah. should hopefully enjoy that one a great deal. That's us done. Please do visit our channels and our Twitter pages and all of the other things that make us who we are online because we have no worth outside of that. Thank you very much for watching and good night. Goodbye.